Hello and welcome to a very special and first of its kind episode here on Upnext. Today I'm joined by Karim Khan for a special on crypto and NFTs. Karim is a self-taught expert, investor, and content creator that has been in the field since 2015. And on this episode, we talk about all things crypto, NFTs, Web 3.0, metaverse, how it will affect our lives, some of its useful and BS applications, how to avoid scams, and how it contributes to the gig economy, and so much more. You name it, and you'll find it here on this episode. And you know, as someone that has been recently getting into this field, it really is so nice to bring you this episode where Kareem explains things in simple English and simple terms, not in some loaded tech gibberish. So without any further ado, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you keep an open mind to the possibilities and opportunities that this field stands to bring in the near future while you're listening. And of course, I hope you enjoy the episode and that it helps you learn a thing or two about it. And if you do end up liking the episode, please follow the podcast and drop a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. And I'll be forever grateful. Uh, all right. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode. Today, I'm joined by Kareem, and we are going to be talking about NFTs, cryptos, and all of that. So I figured I'll give it the name uh, NFT slash Crypto 101. So without any further ado, hi, Kareem, and welcome on Up Next. All right. Thank you very much, man. Uh, I appreciate you inviting me here. Um, as I said earlier when we spoke, I mean, I'm glad someone here is is doing something like this. Uh, very few people here do. So uh, it's good to see someone young, especially our age, uh, getting into this stuff early on. Of course, man. Of course. And now, you know, I'm really, really excited for us to get into this episode because I am someone that has recently started learning about the whole scene. And it's so interesting, right? Regardless of what people say, like, oh, this is a fad. This is blah, 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 blah. I think to me, it's just there's so much to learn from there. And it's really hard to get into it. And this is where the idea behind this episode came up. Like, I literally put a question sticker asking people if they have any resources they can recommend. I got 20 responses. 19 were people asking me to share their responses. And the one was your account. (laughs) (laughs) Like, literally. You know, so oh, so there's great. clearly a lot of a lot of people that is, still don't really know where to start, which is why I'm so right. glad that I have you here, and we're gonna talk about all of that. But before I, I want to give you a chance to tell us more about yourself and uh, how you first got into the space. Right. So, um, so I started off in crypto. It was around 2015. Um, I'm not going to say that I started investing in 2015. I started investing in 2016. But in 2015, um, there was a, a game I was playing at the time. Um, and the in order to get perks in the game, I forgot what the game was, but you had to pay using uh, Bitcoin, right? So um, so I was like, All right, what's this? Right. <laughs> So uh, I was I, I was already inv- interested in the tech field because I was uh, I was doing like computer programming and stuff like that from a, like a really young age. But I, I, I had never come across uh, cryptos at the time. I wish I had earlier, uh, but the first time I came across it was 2015. Um, so I started looking into it a bit more. Uh, I bought some Bitcoin uh, through at the time it was some sketchy site because now we have like these huge uh, exchanges. Um but at the time, I mean, there were there were a few exchanges, but the rest of them were were a lot of these sketchy sites. Um, so, so yeah, I bought into it, um, 
and I, I used it to pay. And now looking back at that transaction, I'm like, whoa, like I paid a crap ton for like some online video game stuff, right? Um, because Bitcoin exploded. But uh, yeah, but afterwards I looked into it a, a little bit more. Um, I was trading in stocks uh, and indices at the time. Uh, and I saw Bitcoin on there as well. And I was like, you know what? Uh, let's jump into that. Uh, so I ended up buying in in 2016. And ever since then, it's been a kind of on-off situation. Um, but recently, over the past two years, I've started uh you know, talking to people, just giving them my opinions, doing a lot of research in the space um, and uh, trying to get into the space myself, not just on the finance side or investment side, but actually diving into the technology aspect of it, um, which I guess is something that might come up uh, a bit later on in this conversation. Um, but yeah, so that's that's how I got started. And ever since then, it's been a, it's been a huge wave. It's been a roller coaster. And now everyone's talking about it. So it's, it's very weird to see the comparison of back like in 2015, when it was like, um, very few people knew about it. And it was something that was kind of sketchy, and usually only used for stuff on like the black market, or like a tiny uh, percentage of video games. Um, but now it's like everyone's talking about it and everyone's just throwing money into it. So it's like, okay, <laughs> things are getting real. Things are getting real. It definitely is, man. It definitely is. And actually, you know, with, with you saying that oh, things are getting real, I, I was curious to know, so you entered, you know, for the video game and then you started investing in 2016. When did you kind of like feel that this is something that might be big or this is something that's here to stay? Like, what were the signs that gave that away for you? If you, you know, if you had felt that at the beginning. Right. So um, I remember back in 2016, uh, when I first started doing research on uh, what it actually was, I was reading the Bitcoin white paper and I was like, okay, this, this makes sense when you're comparing it to uh, the current monetary system that we have, fiat money, things like the U.S. dollar, uh, right, um, where it's just printed by the U.S. government nonstop, and it's a very basic, uh, it's a it's a fundamental of econ economics and business, right? When you have supply and demand, and the value of something is based off the supply and demand of that thing, so it 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 kind of um, I was kind of dumbfounded as to why. Uh, we have currencies like the U.S. dollar, where the U.S. government just gets to print trillions of it every year, and the value is somehow the same, right? Uh, whereas when we look at inflation, it's actually not. We see inflation going up, which means the actual value or what we can buy with our money becomes less or decreases, right? And no one knows that. So unless you're actually earning above that inflation rate, you're actually losing money. It doesn't matter if you have two million sitting in the bank. It's not. It's not. You can call it two million, but it's not going to be worth the same amount the next year. So the value is going to decrease. So when I saw that and I understood that, I was like, okay, this this is something that could be quite big. Um, and another thing that kind of um, I paid attention to was at the time uh, a lot of countries did. I mean, the governments did not even talk about cryptocurrency. Right? No one was talking about cryptocurrency. Um, only in the states and in a few Scandinavian countries. Um, and these Scandinavian countries, uh, we saw uh, at the time, there were uh, Bitcoin ATMs popping up and uh, there were a very limited amount of coffee shops, I think like two or three, where people could pay uh, for like a coffee or something 
with Bitcoin or with uh, Ethereum. And so I was like, okay, so people are actually using this in other countries and it works. It's a system that works. Um, so this could potentially be picked up by a lot of other people. And when I saw all the other projects after that, after more and more research, all the projects that were planned, because even the projects that we see now that are released in even 2019, 2020, 21, 22, all these projects are not just being launched, right? These projects have been planned for years. People have been developing this stuff for years. So when you read about these things, when I was reading about these things, I was like, okay, there is a lot of stuff coming up, right? And I was like, okay, this could potentially be something big. Um, and if it is, it's it's essentially getting into what the internet was like at the start, right? Um, even before the dot-com bubble where barely anyone was talking about it, barely anyone knew about it. Um, and so I was like, okay, why, why? I'm not going to throw everything I have into it, right? Because at the time, you know, it's still, you know, no one's using it. But why not just risk a little bit? Why not? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. No, I love that. And now, you know, I, I, I'm glad we covered that. And I kind of want us to dive into the talking about like, you know, NFT script and all that. But before we do so, there are a few disclaimers that I want to make. So right. for starters, I am not an expert or anything whatsoever i say this in every episode where whatever we might be talking about might be interpreted as like professional advice or whatever i'm not an expert on anything (laughs) and if i might seem like i know what i'm saying it's because of my economics degree and because of like like the things that i've been reading online but i do not have full knowledge i do not have a clear understanding i think something noticed a lot is that i'm very very curious and this is i'm just trying to understand it and uh, i'm just someone on the platform that thought this is interesting people i know want to learn about it might as well make an episode out of it and even you like in your instagram bio you put not not a financial advisor or like this is no financial advice so please i I mean if do not look for this episode or everything we say or anything we say as professional advice please do not sue us uh and uh yeah exactly yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I always say that in all my videos as well um, and all my posts. Yeah, I'm not a financial advisor. I mean, I'm not a certified financial advisor. This is just information that I have exactly. come across yeah. and uh, I've formed my own opinions on. You know, you can see that I'm in the space since 2015, but at the end of the day, I'm not a certified financial advisor, right? So everything you do is at your own risk. Uh, and everything comes with risk. I'm just someone that's okay with taking that risk, right? That's that's the, yeah exactly i i could have put it in a better way uh actually one second before we to take can you move the mic a bit backwards because like the sure. wind is going into it yeah, yeah, yeah perfect okay yeah perfect uh okay now you know before we dive into it are there any technical terms or like under like uh, definitions or abbreviations that you want to highlight before we get in so people like don't get confused about what we're saying or do you want to like do that on the go uh just you know um, d- d- is there anything specific that you want to explain in advance uh, I think we can do that on the go. Uh, the only thing is that uh, I want this to kind of be focused on uh, the actual technology behind it, which is something that I, I will explain and I will talk about as we go. Um, but there will be a lot about that uh, and not just the financial aspect of it. So this will be targeting all yeah, of course. Yeah. NFTs and all of that. So Perfect. it's not just the financial aspect of it. Yeah, because I am illiterate in the financial aspect, so it's even better for the. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So another thing uh, before we, you know, before we dive deeper, 
there are still a lot of people and I've had plenty of conversations with people like in the past couple of weeks since I started like getting into all of this and people are like, oh, this is just a fad. Why would I put money behind a JPEG or, oh, I just did a screenshot of it. Ha, it's mine. You know, the, okay. the, the typical <laughs> stuff. Do, do you have anything that, you know, to say to people that think that this is just a fad or anything like that or you just want to let the outcome like kind of answer it? answer that question i'm gonna say a couple of things about that right and we'll come back to the jpeg in a second but um because that's something that people love throwing around about nfts right why don't you just screenshot that and i'll explain that in a second um but let's go back to crypto uh cryptos itself right so cryptos as i said before when you're comparing it to the fiat systems that we have right now uh, you see we have inflation that's extremely high. We see government printing all around the world, which does not somehow affect the value of your money, um, except it actually does, and most people don't realize it. So that's one of the big things um, that you have to take into account. Now, another thing is that uh, a lot of people think Bitcoin is going to be sort of the next uh, as in it's going to be the currency of the future. Now, one thing I want to clear up is I don't personally think it's going to be the currency of the future. Now, I do think a lot of people will be using cryptocurrencies and will be using blockchain technology, but Bitcoin itself is not. And it's not because the price is extremely high. The price doesn't matter, okay? Because you can you can break it down into so many tiny bits that essentially I can send you a couple of dollars or whatever in BTC and Bitcoin, right? Um so that doesn't really matter, uh, but it's more so that uh, it's it's very um, how can I put this? It, I mean, when you're using fiat currencies, right? You, you've got things like one cent, right, or a dime. Um, where whereas Bitcoin becomes a bit more complicated than that. You go into satoshis, and and you have much smaller uh, denominations of Bitcoin, right? So uh, a lot of people aren't going to be able to afford one Bitcoin, especially if it goes up. Uh, from the price it's sitting at now. Um, so it's just very, uh, it's it's going to be hard to use for some people, um, which is one of the reasons I don't think it's going to be the currency of the future. And another reason is that um, even though the supply of Bitcoin is capped to 21 million, um, there is still a large amount of people that will not have access to this. Uh, so just because of that, I don't think, it, it'll be a store of value, yes, It'll be like the new gold, right? So that's what Bitcoin essentially is. It's a new gold. It's it's you put your money in it, uh, you store the value of your money in it, and we can see that over the years the price has gone up. So anyone that is invested in it at the start, we've seen the price go up. Um, so that's essentially what Bitcoin is. So it's it's essentially like instead of throwing your money in a bank, why would you just throw in a bank where it becomes less and less valuable when you can invest it in something, uh, something that is just at the start and is taking off. Um, and increase the value of your money, right? So that's one thing. Now, the second thing is I want to ask people, right? So at least before, you you would have been able to say, okay, like, why are we jumping into this? No one is using this. Um, it's some sort of scam, right? Well, I have a few things to say to that. One is that it's not a scam because it's something that is controlled by the people. It's not... I mean, there isn't one person sitting there determining the price um, or determining 
what's happening with Bitcoin, right? It is a blockchain technology, and this is why the technology is so important. It is built on blockchain technology, which means that it is a blockchain. It is dependent on the nodes on that chain. So it is not like one company is, I mean, having a server and, and everyone's, I mean, it can change whatever it wants on the server whenever it wants to. Um, it is spread out. So in that sense, it is not a scam. And second, people nowadays at least have the uh, the backing of all these massive companies and all these massive people, uh, especially in the tech industry, right? We see people like uh, Michael Saylor, who is the uh, founder and CEO of MicroStrategy, one of the prominent tech com- uh, companies in the States, um, who has purchased billions worth of Bitcoin. Um, we see other companies like Square, which is another huge tech company, uh, purchase billions worth of uh, Bitcoin. In the early stages, we saw banks fighting cryptocurrencies because what it'll essentially do is make a lot of the ways banks make money obsolete, right? Um, and so they were fighting at the start, but because it's so decentralized and it's so spread out um, that they can't control it. It's not something that they can just come and shut down, right? The government can't just come and shut it down because it's everywhere. So, um, now we see that the banks are no longer arguing against it, but are rather investing in it and have opened. Um, I mean, I, I, I personally know that banks have invested millions or hundreds of millions in in blockchain technology, trying to develop their own thing or uh, creating uh, ETFs um, for um, cryptocurrencies, which wasn't done before, which essentially means before they're against it and they realized that they can't stand against it because it's not something that they can just shut down or take to court. So now they have to side with it, right? So either they're going bust or they're going to make money alongside it. Okay. So these massive investors and tech billionaires and huge companies uh, would not be, including Tesla, would not be investing in this stuff if they believed they were throwing their money away. That's one thing. Two, these people hold so much influence in the space that I don't think that they would allow something like that to happen, especially if they're holding tons of it. That's two. And three, if the banks were fighting against it and now they're going alongside it and following it, what do you think that means? Right? Obviously, they're not doing that because they want to or because it's fun. Right? They're doing it because they know they're screwed if they don't do otherwise. Right? Yeah, and, and I think also I definitely agree with you on the, the influential thing. Because, you know, when you find people like Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, all these people, when they are all directing their platforms that pretty much, you know, control a lot of the things that we use towards that side, then realistically, there's going to be a point where there is no option to opt out. Just like how, for example, if you were saying social media was going to be a fad. And now if you're a company and you don't have social media, well, it's you are technically in 2012 or in 2010. Exactly. You don't have an option exactly. to not be on the internet. So uh, this, is, this is why I think when these people are driving that movement, you don't really have much of an option because it's not like oh, th- you value their opinion. It's their companies and their actions that are going to kind of force you and your company to be exactly. there. You have to or else you won't succeed or take off. Exactly, exactly. So it's going to be one of those things where um, more people pick it up and more people are just forced to go into it. So it's going to be exactly like uh, social media is, exactly like in- the internet was back in the day. The internet wasn't that long ago, man, right? So the internet was like 20 to 30 years back. Uh, and now we can't survive. If the internet shuts down worldwide for five minutes, everyone's screwed, right? The world will go into complete chaos. Um, so, 
and and no one had expected that at the start. Everyone was calling the internet a fad, right? When the dot-com bubble happened, everyone was like, all right, the internet's screwed. No one's going to be using it anymore. But now, <laughs> no one survives without it. All the businesses that we know are built on it. The largest businesses in the world, the most valuable businesses in the world, are literally operating just on the internet, right? Businesses like Amazon, businesses like Airbnb, Netflix, right? We... We, they could not survive if this wasn't possible. And, and this is going to be the same for blockchain technology. Um, now, going back to that JPEG comment that you mentioned, that a lot of people like. <laughs> I feel like that's definitely been on your nerves for a while. You have a lot yeah, to unload yeah, for that it's, one. Um, it's, it's a nice <laughs> trigger point for anyone that's in the NFT space because it, it, it's not the same thing, right? You can, you can take a screenshot. I can take a picture of a million things, right? If you go into the Louvre, Right, and you take a picture of the Mona Lisa. Does that mean you own the Mona Lisa? Is that picture of any value? No, it isn't. Right, so it's the same with uh, NFTs. Right, so the NFT is minted as a token. Uh, you guys can, uh, I mean, a lot of you out there may not know what a token is. So uh, let me just explain that. There are coins and there are tokens. Coins are usually the ones that have their own ecosystem, uh, like Bitcoin. But then we have the tokens on that uh, on specific ecosystems, uh, which are other uh, deviations or creations on those ecosystems. So most of the things that you actually see, they're called coin. Actually, not a coin. They're a token. Um, and just in that sense, uh, an NFT is a non-fungible token. Now, the thing, the what non-fungible means essentially, if I give you one Bitcoin and you give me one Bitcoin, um, they are exactly the same thing. Okay, so it's like me giving you a dollar and you giving me back a dollar. They are exactly the same thing, but. If I send you an NFT, it is a non-fungible token. So there is only one or whatever limited amount of them, and no other one is the same. So it'll have a specific, essentially, code on the blockchain or address on the blockchain that is tied to it, transaction on the blockchain, and no other thing can replicate it. So in that sense, that is essentially, uh, think of it as a certificate of authenticity for having that um, work of art or or song or whatever it is um so it's 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 now going back to the mona lisa comparison it's like saying you own the original mona lisa and people come and take pictures of it they're not going to be able to send sell their pictures for anything right um but you own the mona lisa right so and and i'm not saying that uh, it's something that i mean most nfts 90 95 percent of nfts or even more um that are out there uh are absolute I mean, just dog shit. Like they, it, it's a scam, right? A lot of people are using it for money laundering. A lot of people are using it for just uh, like um, pump and dumps, which is a term that we use where essentially people would just jump into something because someone or some celebrity or uh, it's just exploding temporarily and everyone jumps into it. And then next thing you know, everyone sells and it all crashes and 99% of people lose their money. And then you'll have like 1% or 2% that actually make a killing off of it. Um, it is essentially a scam, right? Um, so a lot of them don't become worth anything. There's no usability behind it. Um but the, there are a few projects that are game changers in both the NFT space and the crypto space. The same goes for cryptos. 90% of them, 95% will die off. They are absolutely useless. But we have the few that will be a game changer in the future. So yeah, JPEGs, not the same thing. Taking a screenshot is not the same thing as owning the Mona Lisa. 
exactly that's the same thing you know and i'm actually really glad that you mentioned that like a lot a bit percentage of all the the current projects will absolutely go to shit because that's that's the thing that's like a a lot of the people their bitterest argument against it is like oh well that's a picture of like i don't know like a turtle or whatever you know why is it worth anything but it's it's not just like the art itself of course the art plays value but there's the utility behind it and the stuff that are game changers like for example i've seen stuff that have a lot to do with gaming it's like its own crypto game on the blockchain and stuff like that so there is value there are uh, I think I was reading for the, uh, the board ape, uh, like the the collection owners, yeah, yeah, to, uh, like have club. access to like an exclusive, exactly like stuff, exclusive clubs. And I'm sure this is like where they do all like their meetings and like they make a lot of money from de- deals with one another, right. stuff like. So there is like a, an idea behind it, right? It's not just that all oh, like it just looks nice, so people are gonna buy it. Right. Exactly. No. 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 Um. A lot of the a lot of the big ones that you see now. Uh, have some sort of utility behind them, some sort of exclusivity, right? Uh, a couple of people I know have Void Apes and have CryptoPunks. Um, for those of you that are new to the NFT space, these are two collections that are absolutely huge. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure you would have been able to cop a Void Ape last summer, um, pretty much, or the summer before that, around $800 or something. I mean, the equivalent in Ethereum. Um, whereas now the minimum uh, board ape i think is selling for like 74 75 ethereum so multiply that by the by the price of ethereum and that's how much one costs and that's the that's the lowest one at the moment um so they've absolutely blown up uh but there's always some sort of utility behind these uh big ones or some sort of exclusivity kind of um you get to meet uh celebrities or whatever right so that's um that's kind of what Board Ape does. Uh, I mean, they they started off as the they were they've been there for I think they've only been they haven't been there for that long. I mean, they're pretty new. I think they came out in 2020 or 2021, and they've just absolutely exploded because of how many celebrities and influencers have jumped on board. And the more jump on board, the higher the price goes, uh, which means that it becomes even more exclusive and less people are able to buy it. And then they host parties around the world. Um, yacht parties and and different conferences and stuff like that where all their members can just meet up right Uh, so when you're able to meet up with these huge celebrities or big businessmen or just in general other people that are able to afford these things this grants you access to a lot of things it opens a lot of doors that uh, people wouldn't have had, um, which is why there are a lot of people that own board Yacht Club NFTs, and a lot of them are not willing to sell it, regardless of how much money they're able to make off of it. Um, even though in in real life they're not that well off, uh, but they're not they're not willing to sell it because of what they gain access to. It opens a lot of doors for them in the future when they're able to meet people like that, which in in real life would rarely ever happen for anyone that is that is not in an ultra wealthy high class situation right um but with crypto punks there's actually i mean if we have time i actually want to jump into if you don't mind uh, the story behind uh crypto punks because i don't know if you know uh, do you know gary v of course, uh, yeah, yeah. I I worked for Vayner Media, and yeah, his Mahavel and his publisher is my is my mentor. Yeah. Okay. Nice. 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 Okay. So, Gary V is one smart dude, right? Because this guy has been posting videos for a long time. Um, he was an early investor in some of the old tech companies, um, and that's how he made his initial money, right? But this guy went on to making a lot of books and and doing a lot of talks. 
um, and publishing videos all the time. And and the one thing that differed him from other people was that he was very straightforward with people, right? A lot of people would kiss ass. Gary Vee wouldn't. He would tell people straight up, like, what are you waiting for, right? Like, people would be like, oh, no, but I'm in a bad situation. He'd be like, no, like, shut the hell up. Just go and do your thing, right? Stop waiting around for something to happen and just get up and go do it. So a lot of people took notice of this. Uh, and Gary Vee became very popular, right? But this is where this dude, like, this dude has made a killing off NFTs, right? Um, now, one way is that, okay, a lot of people might know that Gary Vee actually has his own uh, NFT collection called V Friends, uh, where he essentially has drawn these doodles, right? And they look horrible. This is like a little kid took a crayon and decided to start drawing some stuff on a piece of paper, right? But goddamn, they are selling for so much money. And this dude has made a killing off of it, right? But that isn't even the smartest play he has done in the NFT world, right? So what this dude did is he got a bunch of crypto punks at the start, right? And anyone interested in the NFT space knows that crypto punks were around back in 2017. Um, and they were barely worth anything at the time, right? So what this dude did is he went and he got himself like, I think like 30 crypto punks or something like that right um and so he's holding these crypto punks and he's buying a bunch of other nfts and uh crypto punks picks up a little and he's like you know what like i'm i'm just guessing this is what he thought in his head because this dude's a smart dude right so he's like i, I have all these connections to all these billionaires and all these celebrities and artists and actors and actresses right he's like let me make something of this right so this guy arranges a call on like zoom or google meets or something right and i think um even mr beast and i think like logan logan paul like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They we're talking about this where this they get a message from gary v and he's like hey like hop on this call now 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 right and they're like what the hell's going on you know and they hop on this call and they just see like on one like zoom meeting you have like a bunch of billionaires a bunch of celebrities like a bunch of actors actresses like the biggest artists the biggest influencers and youtubers just sitting on one call dude you know how much like that is power right there that is that is influence when you're able to get those people on a call like that at notice that is influence now what this dude does is he gets them all on a call and he says all of you need to get in on this nft this is how you do it crypto punks you get ethereum and you buy them right and he's like these things are going to absolutely explode they're going to become huge right but they weren't anything at the time there was nothing you would actually get from crypto punks there was no utility it's not like these play to earn games which we have now in the nft space which i'll come back to later but there was nothing this guy turned it into something, right? Because he suddenly, you have a collection of NFTs where the owners are billionaires and actors and influencers and all of that. And everyone's like, what the hell, right? So as soon as that starts happening, everyone's just loading up on CryptoPunks and uh, the price just absolutely explodes. And I'm not sure what the price is now. I haven't kept up with it, but I remember um, looking back at it in, I believe, November, October, and the the cheapest one that you could get was sitting at $460,000 plus, right? So that was the cheapest one uh, out of a collection oh. of, I think, like 10,000 of them. So dude, just imagine how much money this guy made. Like this guy is smart because he had 30 or something of them, right? And he got all these billionaires and stuff to buy into it and then sells it off, right? And I, I'm not sure if he sold off all, sold off all of them or not, but 
just dude like he made it what it is just so he can make a killing off of it right like i remember also at the same time when all of them got into it they were all like changing their twitter profile picture to the nft that they bought and by literally the second someone does it so i remember steph curry did it and then lebron did it uh not in order i don't remember exactly jimmy fallon so many people and literally the more that they did that, so many more people just kept going into crypto points more and more and more and just kept driving its value up. It, it was a craze. And then I think after that, I'm not sure if it happened in that order, but like uh, the NBA started its own project. Yeah, like they yeah, had their, yeah. they have their own collection now. Too. It's insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of these, uh, these big uh, organizations now, uh, like the NBA or the NFL or even FIFA are working on their own things. Um but yeah, like looking back, a lot of, I mean, even with Board Ape Yacht Club now, all the celebrities, all the actors, anyone that like my friends that own it, uh, that own Board Apes and, and CryptoPunks, it's, I mean, all of them, you go on their Twitters or Instagrams and, and that's that's their profile picture. And it's because it's essentially, it's, a, it's, a, it's an exclusivity symbol. It's a status symbol that is unlike any other because when you have money sitting in the bank, you can't really show that off and no one's, that would be kind of that would be too much right it's like it's like let's say having a, a like an some super exclusive supercar um and and the funny thing is these things are worth more than like lambos and stuff right these things are worth way more um and and this is something that they can actually put on their profile and people know like holy crap this guy's a board ap club member right or like holy crap this guy has a crypto punk uh and that that gives them a huge following right so their followers automatically explode uh, even the founder of uh, reddit alexis ohanian this dude uh, went to a red carpet event uh, i'm not sure which one it was but this was i believe somewhere at the start of last year and he had a crypto punk and he he got it uh, printed on a pin and stuck it onto his uh, onto his suit onto his outfit that he was wearing so his crypto punk was just there um, and that was like a big, like stance. the most expensive outfit, technically. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It's like, oh yeah, suit like a hundred dollars, yeah. shoes like a hundred dollars, crypto punk, like, <laughs> you know, like two million, you know, like. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. It definitely, and the way it's used as well, because kind of when I was reading on, it made sense because you know buying the token as a symbol of status or whatever. Like I, I used to do this in video games. We all did, right? We all w- uh, would get like, uh, what's it called? When let's say GTA, GTA Five, and all GTA Four, and all of them. When you know, when there would be an update and you heist, it comes new outfits with it, or some outfits that you only get when you finish the heist. So you know, w- rocking these outfits around in the online lobby means that oh, like I, I am, you know, I'm the shit because I have this outfit because it means that I did something. Same thing exactly. with Fortnite. Fortnite, you know, if you have the battle pass and if you finish it, you get right. the highest, uh, you hi- like the outfit at yeah, level one hundred. On you know, rocking that exactly, yeah, yeah. rocking that outfit around means that you are a damn good player. Like, like, that's just how it is. Yeah. Like I remember, for example, just, uh, I downloaded uh, Fortnite at the very start. So there was this outfit. Uh, it was called Black Knight, uh, and I have it on my account. I barely like open my PlayStation, let alone the game. Right. And uh, I remember, like my friends were telling me that people are selling accounts just so people can oh, get yeah. the, that outfit. Because, yeah, yeah. you know, landing with the outfit or the glider with that is just such, uh, you know, like a thing that you can show off with. And to people that love the game and spend so much time on it, it's worth value to them. 
Yeah, see, and, and the thing is, this 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 came around way before then even. I mean, we're looking at games like Counter-Strike back in the day, right? Or even CSGO. Um, exactly. Counter-Strike is huge for that. Gun skins and knife skins, right? Uh, for people that don't know what skins are, essentially just like a, like some sort of camo or something that you put it's on. It's like a camo, gun, like, yeah. Like a little, like a little uh, outfit, essentially, for your gun, like a wrapping right, <laughs> your gun. Um, but... There are different ones and there are different rarities and people have been selling them on the marketplace for tons of money, right? People sell their accounts for this stuff. Um, and the thing is, it like this is something that has actually intrigued me a little bit because there are things like play-to-earn games which we couldn't have had before, but things like that, like skins, this is like a huge moneymaker for, for games and companies because they were... Like a friend told me, right? I was having a meeting about a startup um, idea, and a friend of mine, uh, who whose company got acquired by Microsoft, he um, he was giving me advice, and he's like, "Why are you trying to make everything like decentralized or blockchain?" And then it hit me. I'm like, "Yeah, it, not everything has to be based on blockchain technology, or not everything has to be decentralized. Like these skins and these games are being produced by these gaming companies, right? And they're being released by them, and they're selling them, and people are making money off them, right? So nothing about that has to be decentralized. But because it's a it's a huge fad now, because it's a huge like trend." Um, these companies are like, why not? We can make a killing because now not only are they going to sell their normal skins through their actual game, but now they can create new variations of their game or some sort of metaverse world, um, which is absolute bullcrap at the moment. But they uh, they are able to essentially sell their skins to new people as well. Um, so they're able to sell their skins once and then sell some other variation of it again. So they're taking advantage of that. Even companies like Nike, right? They're taking advantage of that and Adidas where you can, I mean, you could literally go online and, and like create this stuff for, or get this stuff for like a dollar, right? But because it's being produced by them and they're releasing it as some sort of new like NFT metaverse stuff, right? They're able to sell it for so much more, Um even though it does exactly the same thing that it was doing before. So these skins on these games are doing exactly the same thing that these NFTs were doing. There is literally no difference, but these companies are able to make so much more money off of them um, because it's like this definitely raise now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely, and like, you know, even as, as we're just talking about it, I even remember that in GTA... You know how GTA 5 has like all these cars that are basically like oh, kind of yeah. a ripoff of the normal yeah. cars. So like they, they make uh, like the exact same design of like let's say a Rolls Royce and they call it like Dynasty or whatever. Yeah, 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 and yeah, like yeah, yeah. You, to think that even when you drive like th- these cars around, you are it's still like a kind of like a symbol of status. Like yeah, I have this latest car or whatever in the game or like the most expensive car in the game. And I remember that as a teenager. We used to feel good about that stuff, right. you know. We used to feel yeah. good about it. Or, for example, your uh, when you talk about the meta house, uh, the meta meta house metaverse, <laughs> and you know, owning stuff virtually, owning virtual land. What about you know, uh, Clash of Clans? Right. You know, your the thing that you built and you spent so much time on it, and even though it's so simple, there's still application for it. And I'm sure that you know the people that are building the next things took inspiration from that because like in gta you could have literally had a company like mercedes setting up a virtual showroom 
Exactly. And you go and buy the designs from there. I'm sure there's like so many copyright and stuff problems between right. them and GTA because of like how they rip off the cars. <laughs> but th- there is just so much. Um, this is why I'm in love with the, with this field, even though I only got into it like literally weeks ago. It's just there are so many opportunities, and oh, when you are early on, because you always notice that the people that are early to the field they sort of set the trend but not the trend of you know what's to come next but the trend of how to think of the field and this is exactly what happened with social media right you had these early influencers these early agencies that came in you know they built accounts blah 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 so they kind of set out the way for how to build your following how to build your you know your presence online how to make money off it but then the influencers had their own unique way of right. doing that, but they still followed more or less the same strategy. So the people that are getting into the field, you know, that have been in the field and are getting into it, I feel like for the next couple of years, they are the ones that are also going to shape the thinking rather right. than shape like what's going to be big, what's going to be wrong. So there's just so much opportunity. There's so much areas that are unexplored and it's just beautiful when you think about it because your brain isn't limited by like oh no this company tried it and it didn't work or you can be that company you can be that person and it can work or it cannot 100 percent um i mean like you said there there are so many opportunities uh but quickly going back to like the gta stuff like so that's just an example people have been doing this companies have been doing this all along like it wouldn't have been hard for a company uh like nike to have strike some sort of partnership and be like hey we want to open a virtual store in gta right that wouldn't have been hard at all right um so it, it's something that was possible and you can do that on a centralized system the only difference is with it being decentralized is that no one can just come in and delete the entire thing whereas a game if you destroy its servers um that isn't that you know it's not a decentralized game it's not on the blockchain if it's run by a company you destroy the servers or destroy the game or discontinue it it's dead so the difference is that the blockchain just continuously is there you know you can't just go and and delete the entire thing Um, exactly and uh, sorry sorry to call you off but but i just remembered an example the travis scott and fortnite thing so this is a perfect example of a company deleting the skins after the incident the popular incident that happened last year uh, the, I think they deleted. Don't call me on this, but I remember reading that they deleted the skins and like kind of right. cut ties with them because he had virtual concerts in there, which is again a huge example of right. the metaverse and whatnot. Right. Uh, but th- they deleted the skins. So even if you paid money for that, even if you showed, the, and it was limited, I remember, and a lot of people were so excited that they got it right. first, and they're like, yeah, "Oh, yeah. we're not going to drop it again." You just lost out on that because it's not you and the person. You know that it's trying to buy it from you. No, it's you and that centralized thing. They take it away from you, and you can do anything. And you'll keep playing the game and buying more stuff. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I mean, that's the difference, right? But like going back to the opportunity stuff, like it's it's crazy. The amount of opportunity out there is insane. Especially like it, like we, we'll come back to this in a second. But with all the metaverse stuff, it's it's absolutely mad, and we'll come back to it because there's a lot to talk about there. Um, but one thing I just want to quickly look at is the play to earn. Uh, game stuff because I've mentioned this a couple of times already, um, and I'm not. Have you heard of any of them? I mean, some of them are, are are quite big now, but not really for for people that aren't in the NFT or crypto space. 
a friend of mine actually just sent me the like the two days ago sent me the link to the one that him and his like so him and his friends are doing the startup that it's uh like a marketplace for games like this where you can like sell the skins and sell right. sell the stuff directly to other people so he he right. kind of introduced me to the topic of them but i'm not familiar with like an actual game or something like that okay okay so like with play to earn games uh, they they come in many different variations like the the opportunities are endless right but essentially what happens is is you are able to earn some token or cryptocurrency or nft by playing that game or doing specific things on that game, right? And then you can, because it's a token or an NFT or a crypto, you can sell it or convert it, uh, like exchange it for another crypto like Ethereum um, or even Bitcoin and get your money back. So you're making, instead of like working in, let's say like GTA and um, making this fake cash that just stays on the game, people are now able to do the same thing. They're able to play games but they can turn it into real money. So before the people, I mean, we know that gamers make a ton of money. Like not everyone, but there are, you know, the the streamers, like the really big streamers, they make a lot of money, but they don't make it through the game itself. They make it through advertising, sponsorships and streaming and tips from people and stuff like that, right? Uh, and competitions as well. But now on top of all of that, and they can still stream that as well, but on top of all of that, they're able to make, or gamers are able to make, uh, money through just playing the game right and i know uh, because i've spoken to people that are, are working with people doing this that there are people in country like the uh, countries like the philippines where some of the salaries and incomes are so low that there are people sitting in gaming cafes playing these play to earn games and they're making more than what their income or salary would be or because they're unemployed they're not able to have a job or have an income so they're just sitting on these games playing it, right? So you can play a game and actually make, like you convert it to Ethereum and you're essentially making money off of it. Um, and this, there are like many different variations of this. Like there are ones where you can like fight each other or something and the winner gets like a specific amount of tokens or takes it from the other person, right? Um, there are ones where um, now you have ones where the, nft that you own to get into this game is like a essentially like a tamagotchi i don't know if you remember those it's there were these little um devices back in the day called the tamagotchi uh which were really famous when i was a kid and you could have like this little pet on it um and you can like feed it uh and and give it like water and whatever right and uh essentially like if you ever had a another example is a nintendo uh, DS and there was a game that used to be called Nintendo Dogs or something like that, and you could have like these little dogs on them, yeah, yeah and you could feed them and name them. Um, so these NFT games, the play to earn games, some of them are the same thing. So you can have uh, like this NFT uh, version of like let's say a dog or something, right? Um, and you can like mate it with another dog and have a baby dog, and then like you can sell it off for more tokens, or you can. You can like have it mate with someone else's dog and earn tokens from that. So there are so many different opportunities. Essentially, everything that we were doing in gaming before can be done now, but now you're able to earn actual cash off of it. So, I mean, I don't know if that's healthy in the long term. Um, it doesn't seem like <laughs> it to me. I mean, there are a lot of unhealthy aspects to this, um, but it is a it's a huge game changer. 
I think more than anything, it's. Uh, I think this this will definitely be huge for the esports players. So the people that actually do it in the game, not you know your occasional gamer or your weekend gamer right. or someone yeah. that is just in high school or like in college and they just play on right. the side. Because you know all of these esports players, exactly like you're saying, they don't really get rewarded as much for their skill. Like with streamers, of course you have to be good, but a lot of it is also your personality, your charisma, how right. entertaining you are, how fun your streams are, the community you build. Oh, but you, if you, for example, think about like the COD competitive scene, you don't need to wait for MLG Major League Gaming to set up right. a tournament, right? Or you don't have to wait for champs for you to actually compete on a big level. You don't have to be signed by a team and that team doesn't need to depend on sponsors right. uh, to be able to actually pay and all that stuff. You can actually be rewarded for being good at the game without having to wait exactly. for Pepsi to think that it's a good idea to sign you. Exactly. Or for, uh, uh, let's say, like, uh, I don't know, Dell to sign you and you promote their laptops or Alienware or Razer and their headsets or in their keyboards. Right. You can actually be rewarded for your skill. So, you know, of course, it's not the healthiest of things. But right. when you look at it, realistically, the people that are going to be making the most money and kind of... Um, reaping the fruit from this are going to be the gamers that actually the esports people that want to do this for a living or yes. already do this for a living so it's going to be huge for them and actually another thing that i want to ask and i th- i'm sure that this is something that some of the the critical thinkers that are listening right now are kind of thinking of is okay if i am a game and i pay you to play what's in it for me as a game like why would i do that okay so with these games a lot of them First of all, they um, they don't actually they're not losing anything, so they're not really paying you in a sense um, because it's not like me coming up to you and giving you a hundred dollars, right? So some of these games, what they do is they create their own tokens, and it's like you know, like let's say you're playing Sims, right? If I give you like some Sims money or like some Monopoly money or something, right? Um, it's not actually worth anything, but because now we're able to um, exchange it for actual like other actual tokens that are worth something uh that's how they make money off of it and not just that but once again going back to the very fundamentals supply and demand so the more these games get picked up the that means there are more people playing them less tokens available for everyone because there's not a lot of them don't just have some sort of infinite amount of tokens or infinite amount of nfts um and so the more people that jump on, more people are looking to get these tokens, so the more scarce they become. Uh, and in that sense, the value goes up. So then the people that are earning from that get to exchange it for things like Ethereum, uh, where they're able to actually make money. So that's one thing that um, they're not literally paying you from their pockets. Second is that they if they're doing the thing where they're creating a token and then paying you using that token um essentially what they're doing is they will usually reserve an amount of that token for themselves and the team and their investors and stuff like a normal crypto platform would so as the value of that goes up the value of their own tokens go up right because they're holding those tokens so then at some point they're able to sell those tokens or put them back in the market uh, and they can make money off of that as well. Uh, and at the same time, it's still a game. So there are still a lot of opportunities for uh, in-game, even like more things that they can people can pay for in-game, right? Um, so people will either be able to pay with like Ethereum or pay with their own token, in which case they would have to buy Ethereum, 
then exchange it for that th- those tokens in which case these people will essentially get uh like the the creators will get the ethereum and give those tokens out right um in which case they're once again making money and two it's a game so we still have all the opportunities that we do today how are games today successful in-game purchases uh we have sponsorships we have advertisements we have partnerships right so all these things they're still able to do but now they're able to actually make money through their own tokens as well Definitely. And it made sense, right? The more people that they bring on it, the more attraction it comes to their game. And, you know, as developers, as game developers, it's huge for them. It's huge for their holding company if they want to launch more games or anything like that, just more users for them. And at the same time, it makes, exactly like you said, their tokens a lot more valuable and they hold it as well as as their own, you know, form of securities. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So I want to take a step back a bit. And now, you know, just as we went on the conversation, it kind of reminded me of something that I felt when I was first started to learn all this. It can get confusing in the sense that there is so many things and they're kind of spread like a sort of like I think of it as, you know, like sort of a a tree diagram where there's so many things on the side, so many things around and all around you. And they're not necessarily in order. So you learn about this and then you go on to learn about that. And it's it's not like a a 101 course and then you go up to 201, 301, 401 or something like that. It's sort of like there's so many things all around because this is so, you know, in its beginning. So there's just so much to grasp, so much information. So, uh, you know, what would your advice be to people that are starting and they don't know really where to start, you know, what information to look at, what is useful, what is not, what are the, some of the resources that they can use to learn about it? Like, wh- how can they start without feeling so overwhelmed and like, there is, this is too much information for me? Right. Um, so, I mean, that differs with uh, cryptos and NFTs. I mean, there are some similarities, but let's start off with cryptos, right? So when we're looking at cryptocurrencies, there are a few things that... Uh, uh, well, first of all, I'd say that don't invest straight away. Don't just throw your money into it for the sake of throwing your money into it or because someone told you to, right? Um, that's a pretty dumb decision. Don't just do that. Always do the research for yourself. Um, don't just follow YouTubers' advice. Don't follow some influencers' advice. Do your own research. Um and hop on the exchanges, hop on like a big exchange like Binance if you can. Set up your account, put in a small amount of money, uh, learn to trade with it, even just the basics of trading, buying and selling and plotting out some charts. Um, and at the same time, uh, when you're looking for things to invest, uh, if we're looking at cryptocurrencies, then one thing I would uh, tell you to do is hop on either Coin Market Cap. Or CoinGecko, which are two um, websites that people can use to uh, look at different cryptocurrencies. I mean, they have a whole compilation of all the cryptos. Uh, you can sort them out by new cryptos. Um, you can discover new cryptos. You can see what people are searching up the most, what people are um, looking at the most or liking the most. Um and you can search for any crypto. You can sort them based on their market cap, their market value, um, or the price, or uh, the the amount uh, that has been, or the the amount of change in the past, like seven days or or week. Sorry, I was about to say week, and I'm like week is seven days. Um, but yeah, so like a month or like a year or whatever you want. So you can sort it in any way you want. So Coin Gecko or Coin Market Cap. Um, where you can, it's like essentially the Google of of uh, cryptocurrencies. 
Um, so hop on there, take a look at some of the cryptos. Um, if you're unfamiliar and you want to start uh, dabbling a little money into it, I would stick to some of the big coins uh, like Ethereum, Polkadot, things like that. Um, and then here are a couple of things that I would look at to see if I'd want to invest in something. Uh, one, there's always your your own intuition, your own feeling. Sometimes things just feel like a scam. Um, so, you know, trust yourself in that sense. Uh, two, go on the website of the cryptocurrency. Uh, go on, look at their actual platform. Look at what they're doing, right? Um, so see, is it something that is completely different? Is it unique? In what sense is, it's, uh, is it unique? Um, look at the people that created it. Is it fully doxed? Doxed in the sense that you know you know who the creators are. They're there. You can find them. Their social medias, their LinkedIn's are linked. Um, you can find them. You can see what they've done in the past. Are they credible? Are they reliable? Um, so the team is always a big thing. Uh, what kind of expertise do they bring into the field? Um, Another thing is you look at the the current market cap. So um, the, the total market value of that cryptocurrency, is there room for it to grow? If there is, then how much can it grow by? So sometimes I look at like, okay, let, like, let's say this is targeting like this specific sector and this specific sector is huge. So if, if this is such a tiny market cap project, yes, there's a high amount of risk involved because if you're going for the tiny market cap projects, there's always a really high amount of risk. They're not as stable as things like Ethereum or Bitcoin, but there is also more space for it to grow, right? Um, and I'll, I'll be like, okay, so this field is huge that they're going into uh, and their market cap is tiny. So they have a ton of room to grow. So this could potentially be a big one, right? Um, and we've talked about the team. Uh, we've talked about it having a unique aspect. What is the actual use case of that technology or platform, right? Um, you look at the potential for growth. You look at the price and market cap at the moment. Uh, and another thing you really want to pay attention to are the tokenomics. So, um, so the tokenomics are essentially the distribution of the tokens um, on the uh, or through that platform. So, if the if you look at the tokenomics for Solana or Ethereum, um, you can go on their website, look at the tokenomics, and see. Okay, like let's say ten percent or twenty percent goes to the team, um, and then ten percent is being held by the uh, investors, the early on investors, 10% is put aside or like 5% is put aside for partnerships. And then like we sell 5% or 10% in the initial like pre-sale. And then the rest of it slowly uh, gets uh, supplied to the market, right? Um, so you don't want to get into something that will, where the team, where the team has like 60% of the tokens, right? Uh, that's extremely centralized. You, you do not want something like that. Um, so tokenomics are very, very important. You also want to see, um, even if the team gets a large percentage, like 20%, I know some of them do, uh, like Solana, um, they get large percentages of the tokens, not like 50, 60%, stay away from those. Um, but like a 20%, that's still pretty large for a crypto, 20, 30%. Um, but see how long uh, it would like usually they put a limit. They're like, okay, we can't sell this off until like three years time. And then we can only sell off a specific amount, right? Um, you want that because you don't want to get into a pump and dump situation or what we call a rug pull uh, in the crypto space, uh, which is a, a rug pull is essentially where 
um, you will buy into a token because you know it looks legitimate. Uh, the website looks nice and fancy, and like you know, the team is linked on the website, but it's actually random people's LinkedIn's and Twitters and stuff uh, linked on the website. Uh, so people will buy into it, and then the guy that actually created it just pulls out all the liquidity from the market. So they pull out all the Ethereum that you exchanged for it, uh, and that essentially becomes worth nothing. So that happened with a, a a big one recently, not a not a big crypto, but it was all over the news in that sense, uh, where you know the the massive TV show Squid Game became super popular, and everyone was talking about it. So this this some dude um, decided like okay, uh, or it could have been a team of people or a chick, but uh, they went on and they're like okay, we created like this Squid token, so they created a Squid token, um, and they they did a massive rug pull, so. A crap ton of people invested into it, and it was exploding like like Dogecoin did. Uh, but they were like, okay, this is going to be huge, right? So more and more people keep throwing money into it, and it just keeps flying up. And then uh, there were a lot of like promises on the website, like, oh, this is our roadmap. This is what we're going to do. Uh, roadmap is one of the things you should look for as well. But essentially, they're like, uh, this is what we're going to do in the future, like a timeline. That's the roadmap. Um, so they were like, oh, we're going to develop a game, like an online squid game and stuff like that. Um, so people were investing in it and then suddenly just when they like the guy pulled out all the liquidity from the market so essentially he took millions i mean they took probably like above 50 million us dollars and just vanished with it um and the people who had those cryptos uh they essentially became worth nothing uh i i was looking at people's um statements on like news articles and there were people saying like i like and the thing another thing this person did uh which was interesting they they made it so that the person can't sell out so people were watching their accounts and as it was going up like the people that invested like 500 dollars suddenly saw it worth like ten thousand dollars right and they were like shit like i need to cash this out so they're trying to cash it out and they're watching the amount increase and they're trying to cash it out and it's not working and then suddenly that $10,000 in literally the span of five minutes became worth like $0.2 or something, right? So like imagine watching, like imagine some people having like $50,000 in there and just watching it become like worth like $0.2. Like I would like, you know, I wow. would rage. Yeah. 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 So those are the things. But then with things like that, who would be held responsible? Like, you know, are there laws about this? Like, like there is about stocks and trading in the SEC? Right. I mean, so uh, obviously if you have promises like that um, and you're selling a currency, one for, you know, the SEC and, and other regulatory bodies in the U.S., what they regulate are the securities, right? So they look to see if any of those yeah. cryptos are trying to sell themselves off as unregulated securities or in the sense that they're selling themselves off as a stock uh, that people can make money off of. Um, or have some sort of say in the company or whatever. Uh, there's there are things called like the Howey test and stuff like that. There's a big uh, lawsuit going on right now with Ripple, uh, who created the XRP uh, token, um, and that's that's probably the biggest lawsuit in the history of of cryptos. Uh, but they regulate that aspect of it. Uh, but when it comes to th- something like a rug pull, I mean. Uh, Probably, I mean, it'll it'll just be things like your your local, not local police, but it'll be things like Interpol and stuff that catch 
uh, people like that. I mean, if, if they scam a couple of thousand dollars, I doubt you're ever going to catch them. Uh, if they scam like even even a hundred thousand dollars from you, I you know, good luck trying to trying to get to them. Uh, but if if it's someone like that or like people that have scammed like a billion dollars worth, like a scamming network, uh, usually things like Interpol agencies, like Interpol and stuff. Uh, go after people like that because it's it's not something to do with regulation in a sense but it's it's just a scam right it's, it's me like here you know you pay me uh, and i'm promising you this and then i'm just like screw you and i run away right um you know like the sec isn't gonna come after me but the police will right so it, it is uh, that way yeah yeah that, that, that actually makes a lot of sense and you know actually about about that topic in general so I put a question sticker uh, yesterday, today's Friday, so Thursday, right. uh, you know, asking people what what kind of questions do they have for you about this topic? And, you know, I, there were, I don't know, like uh, you know, 20 something. And so far, I think all of them have been answered. But there is one that is kind of hard to be answered within a conversation because it's very specific. Okay. Uh, and it's actually relates to this. So I thought I'd throw it in. I think this is like the last one. Right, do you see. think crypto will ever be recognized as legal tender in the uae and they gave el salvador for example where it was recognized there as legal tender like you can use it to pay off a debt or pay what you're owed what you're owed that's an interesting question um to, to to give you a just a straightforward answer yes i think at some point it will but there are reasons behind that one a lot of governments think that when they come out with their own uh coin right or their own online currency uh, they think people are going to go nuts for it uh, which is not the case because whenever i'm sending you things through like let's say my uh you know my fab account or whatever dubai islamic bank account or whatever um you know, I, I'm essentially sending you an electronic version of the dirham, right? Because I'm not actually sending you a dirham. Like you're not receiving it in your mail, right? I'm sending you an electronic version of it. So that essentially already exists. So there's not going to be a difference between that and some government-made cryptocurrency, right? And I know a lot of governments are trying to do that. China is testing it right now uh, in specific areas. They created their, their own, uh, like, e-token, um, which you can read about, um, and they're testing it out. So... They're trying to do that. Maybe a country like China with like such a you know like a tight regime um, might be able to pull something like that off. But there isn't really a difference between that and me sending you like an online version of the dirham. Like there's no difference. True. Um, yeah, it actually makes a lot of sense when you put it in that way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, so I don't think these government tokens are going to work necessarily. So I think once cryptocurrencies become uh, huge because right now people think they're huge right but we're we're less than at like we're we're at less than three percent i think or four percent of the worldwide population adopting cryptocurrencies so we still have another like 95 percent to go or 96 percent to go um you know cryptos still have a long way to go uh, blockchain technology has a long way to go um so as these things become more and more regulated because they will become more regulated and as they do become more regulated um and there are new cryptos that will take off and old ones that will fall um we will see more governments adding it as a legal tender so yeah i do think that i i mean not as fast as el salvador um but i do think that uae is definitely one of the countries that will 
Yeah, that, that that does make a lot of sense, honestly, when you put it that way. And I, I like how you say that we're still like, you know, at, at a very, very early stage. And I think this is also kind of like an incentive for people that are trying to learn. Because, you know, if only 4% of the world is using it or recognizing it, when you think about it, out of like the 7 billion something people, I think probably close to 8 billion now, I'm not sure, in yeah, terms yeah. of world population. Realistically, there's like, what? four percent of the world that knows about this or understands it four percent yeah it's it's nothing so when you just when you think about it there are billions that don't even have access to the internet right Right. so or are not knowledgeable of like one web 1.0 web 2.0 and are in such disadvantaged positions so you know you having the ability to learn about this is such a privilege and something that can put you in a huge advantage because even in whatever field you'll be working in think about it when you work in a company whatever it is right even if you're selling like you know uh like consumer goods or anything you will reach a point where soon enough your manager will be looking at you as the, for example, especially if you're a recent graduate, as the younger generation and telling you, well, how can we get into this too? Because they won't have the choice to opt out of it. It's like how so many people, and I've heard infinite stories about this, of people that, you know, the recently joined company, especially that work in marketing, PR, comms, the manager's telling them, okay, how do I get into social media? So it's sort of the exact same thing. It's always an asset to add to you. Like, you know, you don't have to be like a day trader or whatever, or and all that stuff but it's just it's you're like first of all we need to recognize that we're so privileged that we even have access to all this stuff and we can act on it and at the same time you know learning this will put us in such a privileged position whether you want to work directly in the field or indirectly because everything else will be indirectly you will be in it one way or the other it's just about how early do you want to go there exactly Exactly. I, I, I 100% agree. We're, we're definitely privileged to be able to take advantage of this. Uh, we are still, I mean, even, to, I mean, 2015 was really early on in comparison. Uh, but now, I mean, like, people think like, oh, we're, you know, we're not early on. No, you are. And no one's saying that you have to be a trader. No one's saying you have to be a, ta- a day trader to jump into this. Learn about this stuff, right? It, it's A lot of it isn't complicated stuff. Just look at the blockchain technology behind it. Just look at different aspects of it. Look at NFTs. Look at the metaverse. There are so many things that you can jump into. And I mean, Ali, you're right. I mean, like, you, you know, we have so many... Um, so much of the older generations even like not much older than us like i'm talking to people like that are like 10 years older than me and they're like yo like how do we get into this stuff or like what even is this right what is the metaverse what are what are nfts what are cryptos i don't understand right and um and you know like sometimes they even need help with like basic things like on like how to set up like a a website or like you know like um even like the most basic like how to use a a specific feature on their laptop or macbook right so a lot of people um need help with that and who are they going to come to they're going to come to our generation they're going to come asking us for help with this stuff right um so the more you're able to take advantage of it why not right you're i mean we're in the position to might as well take the opportunity doesn't mean you have to become a day trader i'm not saying throw money into cryptocurrencies necessarily right but just just try to tackle some aspect of it just learn about it at least right because it's the future definitely definitely 100 and now you know we, we've spoken about cryptos and i want to kind of jump into nfts a bit because i have a few questions that you know about things that i'm generally curious about because I, I i all like i really like the idea of nfts in terms of like right now to be honest when i look at so many collections 
I just have no idea what the fuck's <laughs> going on. Like, oh, it's like, why are you worth so much money? Like, it makes right. no sense. And it just shows that even people like Gary Vee said that 99.9% of all the projects that are, you know, available now will go to shit or will not even right. exist in a couple of years or months, yeah. right? So there, I think that there's a huge use for it in the sense that, you know, when like Mark Zuckerberg said, uh, it's like, oh, like the metaverse and your life is going to be more towards the virtual realm. Because, right. I mean, realistically, now we're recording this virtually. We're having this conversation virtually. Right. Uh, people work remotely. People spend most of their time on Zoom, on their uh, uh, on their phones, on their social media platforms. So we spend a, a huge portion of our day and of our conscious energy in a virtual world, right? Without even right. noticing. And the only thing that makes us feel like it's social is just because there are other people on it. <laughs> that doesn't mean that you're going out and saying, no, you're still, you know, it's it's social, but you're also virtual, which That's is why, like, he, he says That's that true. it's going to be like, you know, you're going to spend a lot of your time in the virtual world. And then NFTs are going to be a show off of your wealth. Like, when I heard that on his, uh, podcast with Gary Vee, I was like, shit, this makes sense. Because I remembered back in Egypt, in our house, in our in my grandparents' house, there's so many plates and like uh, stuff uh-huh. and cups that no one will ever dare touch that are just kept and you know, as a collectible, because we yeah, are naturally yeah, yeah. hoarders. Yeah, like yeah. right now, I have like two drawers of things that I, since I was like five years old, and the yeah, only reason I'm keeping them, it's just like there's a sentiment, right? There's yeah, yeah, yeah. the sentiment behind them, and right. this is why I like them. This is why, you know, I'd like to tell people like, yeah, I have an, an, an old Nintendo DS. I have my PS2 yeah, yeah. uh, or like my PS1 back at home right. or my Wii. Yeah, this yeah. is the kind of thing that you like to talk about, which is why the, the practical use of NFTs makes sense to me but with the whole project going on right now it's so confusing so kind of how do you judge a project or how do you know if this is something that's here to stay something that's not or like you know something that's going to be a scam per se i did talk about this uh, i mean i not to talk about the nft version of i mean i talked about the crypto version of it i just realized i never came back to the nft version of this so it's a good thing you brought it up i completely forgot about that um but yeah, with NFTs, it's a bit different, right? Um, in the sense that uh, there is, I believe, a, a much larger risk involved um, with a lot of the cryptos, especially the big ones like Ethereum. You see the practicality of it. Okay, you see Ethereum's a network. It's a blockchain network. And we have billion-dollar businesses built on that network. Um, whereas with NFTs, it's just a collection. And it can be a collection of uh, songs. It can be a collection of images. It can be a collection of drawings or whatever, right? Um so it's it's very hard to kind of judge uh, what is you know what's going to be there in the long term. Um, one thing I would look at is who is once again you know like same as cryptocurrencies, who's the team behind it, who's actually made this, uh, is there some sort of credibility? Um, you know sometimes um, people buy NFTs because it's it, it kind of feels sentimental to them as well, or they feel like it's lucky, um, or you know like there's a small uh, artists that has made this nft and they want to support them or even nfts for charitable cases you know a lot of people do that uh, like auctioning for charity and stuff so these are really good use cases of nfts um but for a lot of the collections at the moment for people that are kind of looking to like kind of make money out of it like with board ap Auth club and stuff it's i would say right now it's uh, you know the thing is there's so many collections 
people post whatever they want on their websites and their social media they'll be like oh yeah we're you know like on our roadmap on our timeline we're trying to have like partnerships with this and this and we're gonna have you know like we're gonna be in the metaverse and we're gonna be in a you know like that's such a broad statement dude like there isn't a single collection out there right now that does not say we're gonna be in the metaverse right like it's it's complete and utter bullshit and like we'll come back to the metaverse again but like like a lot of these right now are based off of hype. So if you're looking for something that is potentially going to just make you some money, like you can buy and sell, um, once again, it's super risky. You you might get stuck too. Um, you can look at the utility of it, right? What can it actually be used for? Like, does it give you access to certain things? Like, don't look at something that says, oh yeah, we're going to host parties here and there and like in Dubai and stuff, because all of them say that. Okay, like every single one says that because they saw what CryptoPunks and Boy Baby All Club did, and they're trying to do the same thing. Don't look at that anymore. Look at the ones that have a lot of hype being built up around them, but hype for a reason. Look at the utility behind it. I know um, I own some NFTs. Like there are ones that give me access to. Um, I don't personally uh, like. Uh, I haven't joined these yet. Um, but there are ones that give me access to specific events, uh, like genuine events that happen, not some random parties that are uh, thrown in by the organizers. So like events like conferences, I get like free access to that um, or like a art exhibition or museums and stuff like that. Uh, so a lot of them do have these credible partnerships. So look for something like that. Um, look for the utility. Maybe it's uh, of a big, like really hyped up new play to earn game that's coming. Check it out. See if it's just, it's not just bullshit. Um, see if it's something that, you know, there there is a lot of potential there. It doesn't look like Minecraft. It looks like something that's actually going to, you know, uh, be a game changer. I'm not saying Minecraft wasn't for the day it was and they made a crap ton of money off of it. But I mean, for this day and age, um, you know, try to make sure that it's different from everything else. So utility is always a good thing. Um, and yeah, the the biggest thing I would say right now is hype. Uh, the, the, I mean, the the if you're looking for an NFT collection, the biggest one I see hyped up right now is one called uh, Hape Beast, uh, which is essentially, I mean, a, an ape derivative, uh, like a board ape yacht club derivative. Um, and the 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 guy that's creating it is a graphic designer, and uh, he uh, he owns I think a few board apes, and he has team. He has a team and like a whole team of moderators and stuff like that. Uh, but I came across it like right when, like right after they first started their Discord server, and they've grown so much. Um, I remember when I joined their Discord server, there was like literally thirty, maybe twenty thousand people in there, thirty thousand people, uh, and that number kept growing. And what these uh, NFT, I mean, all these NFT collections usually have these uh, Discord groups that you can join. Uh, don't get fooled by the numbers on social media or Discord. Uh, a lot of them are kind of like, you know, they, they bring in a lot of bots. They buy a lot of followers. Um, but the, the one different thing about this one is that they actually have, you can see the list of people and you can see um, the bots that were banned. So we i remember had the discord group had passed 500,000 people which was the biggest uh, out of any nft collection ever on the discord group uh, and it continued growing 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 and then they had to keep banning bots and bots and bots so now i think the number is sitting just under 400k like users uh, and the amount of bots that were banned are something like 600 something k 
uh, user accounts that were banned from their discords. Yeah. So uh, wow. <laughs> so that's that's one thing that 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 a lot of people actually like is that uh, most most communities don't do this, uh, but they were the ones that they're one of the ones that actually banned all these bots. Um, and another good thing is uh, to look out for in a collection is. Um, a lot of collections will bullshit you about partnerships, so don't trust that. A lot of them just pay celebrities. Uh, they'll pay like an influencer or a celebrity to post it for like a day or like something like that on their story or their profile picture. Don't do that unless the celebrity actually went and bought it. That's a completely different indicator. But a lot of these uh, collections, they just gift it. They can, they know there are so many celebrity addresses out there. Like you can go online and you can look at DJ Khaled's collection or Snoop Dogg's collection is huge. Like you can go and you can see it. So people can just send them NFTs and they'll be like, oh, like Snoop Dogg's an owner of NFT. Like, no, they're not. Like he's, he's okay. He has it in his wallet, but the guy never bought it. You just sent it to him, right? So look out for that. Look out for them paying influencers and stuff like that. Um, hate beast hasn't done it yet uh, and it's an ape derivative that is kind of mixing with like hype beast so if you go on their website it's like really sick they're wearing all these like cool uh like styled clothes uh and different like looks and outfits and stuff like that um but yeah another thing to look for is the whitelisting so when you're getting into a collection they'll usually have a drop date like a when when they actually sell it uh when you can either where you either buy it from them or you mint it um Minting is bringing something into existence, bringing a token into existence. So that's minting. So when you bring an NFT into existence, it's called minting, right? Um, so a lot of these will let their people uh, mint it so that they don't need to pay fees, uh, which is, I mean, it's a good thing for the collection and it usually works. The minting fee isn't that much, but, you know, for a 10,000 uh like picture collection the creators would have to pay a lot to bring the the collection into existence so they're like okay you guys just pay for the minting and and get the nft um so that's what happens usually um but one thing that differs hate beast from the others again is uh they they have so many different channels on their discord groups and if you go on there um, there are so many people there. There are different channels for people from different countries that speak different languages. There are mental health channels. There are people that sit there the whole day just talking to each other on voice chats. Um, the admins are always in and out of that. Like hundreds of thousands of people, my guy, like sitting there just talking to each other. They built like a proper community. Uh, they have different challenges. I remember they had a challenge of like drawing some picture art um, on like a, as a car wrap. And some dude actually went in Hong Kong got the number plate hate beast put on his porsche gt3 rs and got the car wrapped in a hate beast wrap um so people go like all out for this stuff um but one thing i really like is that usually in these collections you'll see um the admin setting up in a way where people have to like invite like 20 people to get onto like the white list so they're able to mint that nft when it drops right so you have to be on like a white list um and in order to get onto that whitelist, a lot of these admins structure it of like, you have to invite like 20 people or like you have to pay a certain amount to get on the whitelist or like you register your email and like kind of just randomly picks who's on the whitelist, right? But with HateBeast, what they do is they individually pick um, people to be on the whitelist. So they have different categories and depending on the category you're in, you will have access to be able to mint a specific amount when it drops. Um, 
And so they, what they do is they have a ton of mods and admins and they're on the Discord all the time, looking at different chats, joining different voice chats, talking to people, just normal conversations, you know, people playing games with each other, like Valorant, Call of Duty, all of that. Um, and the admins at the end of the day and the mods will each send in like a list, uh, like like add a certain group of names to a list and they will pick uh, who they think based on like, uh, you know, how many times they end up on those lists uh, should get a whitelist spot. So it's something that's it, that actually takes time and like it's kind of genuine in comparison to, oh, you know, you need to pay for like a whitelist spot or, uh, you know, like invite 500 friends and then you get like a whitelist spot, you know. Um, so it's it's something that's nice to see. But yeah, like look for something like that. Um, look for something that has utility, that has a good team, uh, that is a reliable team uh, and aren't just paying influencers and advertisers left, right and center uh, to get their stuff up. So yeah, so that's how you look uh, for an NFT collection. Are these guys late to Hype Beast? Like Hype Beast, the actual brand? They're not. They're no, no. They're not actually. Uh, late oh, okay. To them, but they got the idea from that, right? So from them, like yeah, Hype that makes sense. Apes. Yeah. So like they're like Hate Beast, and they created. But if yeah. you go on the website, like it's super sick stuff. Like it's it's really nice. I don't know. Like I'm not saying go buy one when it drops, like because the price could go up or down. I don't know, right? Um, but it it is. Like for this year, it is the most hyped up NFT project so far uh, that I've seen. Um, and then like, you know, like sometimes people just buy NFTs because of like sentimental value and stuff, man. Like sometimes they'll see something that really relates to them. Like I bought an NFT for like a crap ton of money and uh, it's it's just something that uh, it, it's, a, it's a collection by a small artist uh, where he makes flowers uh, and it's called like, it's called uh, Brain Vomit's Garden, right? And the guy calls himself Brain Vomit. Uh, his name's actually Steven. Um, and it's a collection of 4,444 different flowers. Uh, and one thing I really like about that is uh, he's a small-time artist, and uh, these are all, like, hand-drawn, and they um, they spread positivity in each image. So they're, they're always, like, little uh, hidden, like, messages and stuff like that. Like, it'll be, like, love yourself or, like, don't destroy yourself or, like, you know, like, keep going, like, keep at it, keep trying. And that's, like, I'm all about that, like, positive uh, mental attitude uh, that's something i believe is like a fundamental uh, factor in in people that actually do well and get out of like being stuck in a cycle and the people that just get stuck in a cycle so for that that was a sentimental thing for me and so uh, you know i bought it and i'm holding it. i'm not planning on selling it regardless of the price um but yeah so i mean there are different nft collections and they suit different people just watch out for the scams Definitely, 100%, because there's so many of them. And, like, the, it's sad that I also, like, saw some celebrities and influencers, some small-time celebrities, to be fair, mm-hmm. that do a lot of these pump and dumps. So many people, man. Like, on Twitter, oh, I definitely. remember, like, by the end of last year, there was every, like, other time that I opened Twitter, I'd see, like, oh, cancel this guy. He told us to buy whatever oh, and then ran away with it. And then they make a YouTube video explaining what happened. It's, it's just on this, the, same, the same old fiasco. Yeah, and yeah. now you know you've you've been doing you've been mentioning that we're gonna go back to the metaverse and you know, explain mm-hmm. it so why don't why don't we do just that now so right. you know i mean how i honestly just think is like th- this episode was a bit challenging for me to prepare for because 
I don't have a ground to stand on in the sense that I don't have the biggest understanding of this to know how to direct the conversation or like ask the question. So, I mean, however you want to start the conversation about metaverse, go ahead. And so the metaverse is, I mean, have you ever played Sims in your life? Let's start off with that, right? Yeah. Okay, so Sims. Of course. Uh, Who has it? Let's play Sims, yeah. So uh, it's essentially like that. It's a virtual world, right? Now, that's not to say that, oh, it's going to be like Sims where you buy a house and, you know, work a job and buy furniture and all that. It can be like that. Um, but essentially, a metaverse is just a virtual world, okay? It can be a virtual world for, for anything. It can be for meetings, for conferences, for, um, you know, having like something like The Sims or even playing games like Call of Duty or something on in the future, right? Um, but the metaverse uh, or metaverses rather are planned to be a trillion multi-trillion dollar industry and that's because everything that we've been able to sell or produce in real life we can easily do that virtually and anyone can do it right um so it's a virtual world in which uh, people can have like their own character uh they can do different things uh they can you know like move around their house go visit their friends art gallery um but these are the the thing is like so many of these use cases are so stupid like they're so incredibly stupid but people just want to do it right um so whatever like i'm not one to judge but like uh everyone like there's so many of these companies like oh yeah we're creating a metaverse or like all these nft collections like oh yeah we're creating a metaverse so they're creating a virtual world but like who the hell is going to use your virtual world like no one's going to give enough of a shit about your virtual world to use it right unless you have millions of people or billions of people using a virtual world it's not going to be worth anything right so a lot of the 99.9 even some of the huge um, metaverse and nft projects that we have right now i don't believe we're going to make it like i think they're absolute bullcrap like they're like there's no point because what is the like tell me the point of having like let's say like 50 different virtual worlds and like everyone's just doing everything they can in different virtual worlds like what is the point of that like there's no point in having that, right? So if there was one, I would kind of get that. If there was like one or two big ones, like I'd kind of get that where people could like visit each other's like houses or something like that, then fine. Like you can visit uh, a person's um, NFT art gallery, right? In the metaverse. Uh, or like, for example, for brands, it's a big thing like Nike uh, or Adidas, right? Where they can open like a virtual shop which I believe one of them has done. I think it was Adidas. I'm not sure. Um, but they went on one of the metaverses right now. I'm not sure if it was... There are two big ones right now in the NFT space. One of them is called Decentraland and the other one is called... Um... Sandbox? Yes. Yeah, sandbox. Is that one of them? There you go, Sandbox. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So those are the two big ones. Um, I thought you said you didn't know anything, man. Uh, <laughs> but um yeah so they opened the virtual stores somewhere there on like a plot of virtual land uh i don't know what people can buy on there um like it's probably like virtual goods like virtual shoe nfts or something like that um but that's just another use case uh so essentially imagine a store selling things in real life but now they can open a virtual version of it and sell you bullshit cartoon versions of it so that's essentially the same thing it's a consumer mentality uh, these are like the 99% of what we're going to be seeing, the, the, bullshit, uh, the, the bullshit use cases of it, which make absolutely no sense. But it's amazing for brands and companies because they're going to make a killing off of it because they know people are just going to buy it for no reason to dress up their characters, right? Um, 
But the real use cases of it come in where you see things uh, with it integrating with things like AR, VR, so augmented reality or virtual reality, right? So imagine, um, imagine you know, you remember those Snapchat uh, glasses that they had? So imagine something like that. Yeah. Um, but instead, uh, you know, when you're watching a movie and like in a movie, like this dude's wearing these glasses and he can see stuff moving around on the screen and like it, like it scans something and tells him all like this dude is like, and it gives you like all the information about like some guy or something like that. So, or like it tells you like the weather for today or something. So imagine like having a screen in your glasses, which essentially does the same thing, but they're smart glasses, right? So this is just one use case. Um, and imagine like, okay, so you have those glasses, I have those glasses, we're on each other's like virtual friend lists or whatever, right? So I can like uh, hit you up with like an invite, um, and like I can move my hands around, right, to to like uh, play around with things that I see on this digital like thing, and maybe there'll be sensors where like these things actually move around, so I can be like scrolling through a list with my finger and be like, okay, invite Ali, and then you pop over like a virtual version of yourself. It could be like a cartoon version, uh, like an NFT version, or like a hologram even maybe in the future, right? Uh, and you can look at like my NFT collection. And I could have like three board APOT clubs and like, I don't know what, you know, like, so that's a potential, like pretty good use case of it. Like you can, like people can come and like invite each other. This can be done for meetings as well, right? So imagine if we're having a meeting, if we're doing this podcast, right? Instead of me sitting in front of this laptop with a camera, right? I could literally just like, like, like invite you or like you invite me. And then like we, we, a hologram of each other, like we can see a hologram of each other in person, right? And it's recording the whole interaction. And it looks like an actual thing where two people are sitting there talking to each other. So these things can be used for um, for meetings, for conferences, for just meetings with friends and stuff like that, instead of just sitting and looking through a camera. Um, so these are some really good uh, potential use cases for things like the metaverse. Um, also things to do like shopping online, um, like uh, other than just Nike and Adidas and stuff like that. But imagine you... Um, you're looking for for clothes online right and you're just like browsing you're like you're sitting there with your like virtual reality or like your ar glasses and you're sitting there and you're just doing this and you're in your like metaverse your characters in the metaverse doing this and browsing through like a catalog in a store and you pick out an item that you really want and you pick it and they actually send it to you in person or like you can try it off you can try it on on your virtual character who has like the same measurements as you and then like, okay, you see it fits you or like it looks pretty good on you. And then you can send it to yourself. Like you can actually buy it and the store will send it to you. So that's another potential use case. So a metaverse is essentially just anything in a virtual world. Like the, the, the term is so broad that like everyone's just throwing it out. Like all the LFT connections and stuff, they're just like metaverse, metaverse, metaverse. Like bro, metaverse what? Like what do you mean by metaverse? Like tell us exactly what you're going to do in the middle. Like it makes no sense having like this piece of like, you know, like this flower in the metaverse, right? Like, okay, like for the flower one, they're planning stuff in the metaverse as well. Fine. Like I haven't really looked into what they're doing, but like my point is like, we need to be looking at the actual use cases, right? Not the bullshit use cases. And there are so many bullshit use cases. And, and because it's such a money-making term, like cryptocurrency, like blockchain, like AI, you throw that money, you throw that word out there, people are ready to throw money at it, right? So metaverse has just become the new addition to that list and possibly the biggest one on that list because anyone can sell anything on there, whether it's physical, whether it's virtual, anyone can sell anything on there. Um, and I just don't think any of these projects make any sense unless we have like one or two uh, metaverses in the future. 
But like, I mean, what do you think? Exactly. Of like, there's so many complications that we can talk about. I'll, I'll come to them. I honestly think, especially with the examples they've been throwing around, that it is a very natural progression, even though it might not seem like it from where we stand. Mm. So l- let me, let me, l- let's take the, the examples one by one. Let's start okay. by the latest one that you mentioned, right? The actual use cases and the bullshit use cases and how people throw around metaverse to increase the value of their stuff. In right. the past few years, how many times have we just heard AI built, exactly. blah, 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 AI-driven exactly. software? I put in my CV <laughs> to bolster up my CV that I, blah, 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 an AI-driven system because right. I know that companies look for AI because they say that yeah, they yeah, do yeah. their stuff in AI. Right. So it only makes sense that people do the same <laughs> thing with that. Like that's the next big thing. Like AI was the thing like then YouTuber before. It's the same thing. Exactly. And, you know, before AI, whatever was before, uh, I'm not sure. I'm sure that people would say AI to, you know, drive up the value of their stuff because AI was still so new, right? Right. So it's the same thing that's happening now. And people didn't believe in AI then. Now they only believe in AI. And the whole conversation about, uh, you know, like, uh, who's more, the the human or the AI? Screw that conversation. How can the human benefit from the AI? And now how can the human benefit from the metaverse? So the actual use cases. Another very big thing that I'm honestly so surprised that companies, especially, especially the ones that sell goods, did not realize yet, or maybe they did and are not actually on it because big companies are incredibly bureaucratic right. and it takes like 15 years for them to move a stone. Right. You know, exactly. uh, yeah, so there's so many uses for them. Where, on TikTok, for example, because I, I worked for like the past three, four years in social media. So this is like where I'm very comfortable talking about. And I, and like, and I can tell you for sure that, yeah, this was a thing then. So TikTok, the Chinese version of TikTok, they have this huge market where incredibly big influencers, the most popular people on TikTok, ByteDance, I think China's version of it, right. are influencers that hop on TikTok Live, use a product, review it, and get paid amounts of money that you will not believe oh, for them to talk about a product and hold it for two minutes. <laughs> and then while you while they're talking about it, you know, on the live stream, how you can like, donate, whatever, you can buy that product. TikTok there has a marketplace. Right. Breaking news, TikTok is also planning to launch that across the rest of the world. It's been apparently leaked since 2021 that like okay. someone leaked the deck where they were saying that they're launching and they are launching it. And, you know, companies are still thinking of how they can get into this. Meanwhile, people are setting shops in the metaverse. Right. <laughs> so, like, right, right. L- 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 and it's kind of a sidebar, but this is why I'm more interested in working in something related to that rather than social media where I actually am comfortable and I know my shit there. Because right. if I'm going to pitch TikTok to a company, realistically, if you don't have TikTok, if you don't have these stuff yet, you're very late. And all of the effort that we're going to do is just for you to catch up. And by the time you catch up, everyone is going to be drawn to the metaverse or to 100%. Web 3.0. They're going to be long gone. So there's no point in playing catch up in something that's, you know, it might be new to some people, but it's ancient news for so many people. Oh, and for the people that are actually profited from it and made money from it. And to get back to the, the whole shops thing, there's just so many opportunities. And like, for example... Um, Beeple's uh, NFT, right? Oh, yeah. Sold for $69 million. Uh-huh. 
And the the Singaporean guy that bought it, someone that was on uh, Joe Rogan's uh, podcast, was talking to him, and uh, he was telling the story on the podcast of how he was like, uh, apparently, it's a guy from Singapore that bought it, and he's like, why on earth would you buy that? Like, why would you spend sixty nine million dollars on it? I don't even know if the bid before it was anything close to it, or if he just decided to put that for the meme. And then he's like, people don't understand that we're building like a museum in the metaverse, a virtual right. museum, and. Uh, people's artwork that that one I, I think it was like uh, five thousand something I don't remember what it was what it was yeah, called it was, uh, it was uh, and little, basically uh, uh, it was a it yeah was a it's like the progression of, of people um, yeah it was like a, I don't know how to describe it it's like little squares of like different artworks but it was like a like a like a big <laughs> compilation of all of them um, the first five thousand days yeah, yeah it's yeah. called the first five thousand days yeah so he was saying how they're gonna make a museum in the metaverse right. and this is gonna be the last piece so as you're touring that place this is gonna be the last stop this is gonna be your mona lisa and that metaverse is gonna be your louvre right right so, so there are so many applications of stuff that are in my opinion natural progressions of how you had so many things that were purely physical moved right. on to being on social media like having an instagram marketplace being the place if you're a, a new startup that does clothing well in a few years if you it only makes sense for you to launch there uh, like uh, to have a, your virtual shop there it's just like how before instagram marketplace it was only that you be uh let's say you have your own shop and that's it right and then after that it was like you know what you can set up a more low-cost kiosk in the middle of the mall the ones that we see or you can go into pop-up shops or ripe markets and then it became instagram markets so it's only right that we keep progressing progressing in that way like it, it's not very foreign when you link it to what was there before it oh, but if you just take it out of context and look at like oh why would i go to a virtual shop you already do you already do exactly. it's already the only do. difference is that it's on your laptop yeah, and only the shop is there, but you're gonna be there, right. making the action, making the transaction there. It's right. it's just I think it's gonna be a hard pill to swallow. But I think the the thing that's making it harder for people is that they don't realize how virtual their lives already are. Oh, a hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, I completely. Agree. So once we recognize that, you recognize that what they're recommending is not really that big of a change yeah, to be honest i like that you looked at it that way because i didn't even think of it that way i mean we're already progressing towards that it's it's something of a natural order that we're already following and most of our lives are already virtual and people just don't realize it so that i mean it's an interesting way of putting it yeah for sure i mean that's it's, it's kind of what we're already doing um but people like going exactly. back to his thing like uh yeah five thousand what was the first five thousand days right I think the first 5,000 days. Yeah. 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 So um, that dude, I mean, like this is, this is time for like um, programmers and graphic designers and anyone does that does anything with technology or online to shine. This is their time, right? This is, this is like so many graphic designers for years have, have barely been paid anything, right? People like people um, dude. people think that this dude's rich or something. Nah, this dude, um has been has been graphic designing for so many years like 20 or 30 years right and uh for the past 14 years every day he's created a piece of graphic design without fail so it doesn't matter if it's a birthday or, or if there's some sort of event on that day he will publish a piece of graphic design on that day and so that's why he became so well known in the space uh he put the effort in and uh, so I'm guessing that NFT, I mean, the, the first 5,000 days is the first 5,000 artworks that 
he created. it's the it's the collage yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah yeah exactly it's a collage of of, of those first five thousand days so I mean he put the effort in and he got it but like one thing I want to reiterate is like you said I mean we're already so far into being virtual uh that like now it's time for people that are in this space to explode people that are graphic designers people that are uh programmers you know get out there start like picking up even regular people start learning this stuff dude you pick up a couple of things you could be working for a company producing their stuff on the metaverse right and and like you said you know so many of these companies are going to be shifting onto there uh it it does take them ages especially for the big companies but you'll see new smaller tech companies moving on there real fast or brands that are as aware as like adidas right like i was actually surprised when they got in because i was like whoa you know usually like you said like that's a huge company you expect them to take a while to get there uh but they're like straight away like they bought land there and they're like set up a virtual store there and they're like you know like dude like that is fast like i haven't seen a like a, a company that big do anything that fast um but they did it uh so i'm I, I guess they're trying to jump in as early as possible which makes a lot of sense um but yeah, the metaverse is and it creates crazy. a ripple effect in their industries, oh, right? 100%. Everyone else is like, and the thing is, I think uh, from my experience, also in some of these companies where I entered, uh, a lot of them they want to get an industry benchmark and industry best right. practice, so they want to case study. So, because also it is a bit absurd, to be honest, in the in the defense of these big companies, because they can always have the higher managers make the argument, well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. We've been doing this for so long. This is our model. We made so much money. Why do you want to risk like that investment? So they always wait on someone to do it, and then they analyze it, and then go on and do it. So it's right. huge, and it just sets the ground for what's to happen after that. Adidas getting it was huge, but in my opinion, the... Uh, not only was it big to them, but it was humongous to the industry. And we'll only see the effect of that in a year or even two, because it does take the companies that big. And on the, on the, the same state with Addy, there's that much time to actually adapt, understand, consult with agencies, blah, 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 blah. And I think a huge industry that will rise out of this as well is consulting. It's like how you have social media consulting agencies, you're going to have web 3.0 agencies, oh, people that, you know, you want to exist in the metaverse. You do not know how to do it. You're going to contract someone that knows how to get you the Ethereum, how to get you on the marketplaces. Right. They have their contacts. They can make life so much easier for you, you know, th- right. th- and you're just going to pay them money. They're probably going to get a percentage of it or of the royalties or whatever. Yeah. And as long, along with their fees, just like how you pay someone to set up uh, their social media page and manage it. Is these and again, this is also kind of the trend of the natural progression. As I, a few years ago, it made no sense for someone to have a career or literally be chased by headhunters to manage a Twitter account. Like, right. remember exactly. the YouTube bot scene stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the, yeah. The, the YouTube bot, the guy that, that was managing the page for that was, I think it was a 16 or 17 year old from UK. And pe- no like way. the companies were chasing yeah. after him. Because they know that his tweets and the way he handles the Twitter community right. brings so much engagement and impressions and whatnot. Oh. So th- that that created a huge thing. And I think also there are so many applications that benefit the data economy, like, especially with graphic designers that you're saying. You don't have to be on Fiverr. You don't have to be on all that stuff. It can break down the link even more mm-hmm. to being you put your work, someone pays you directly. You get everything. You don't have to work through an agency and get a salary. Right. Same thing with music. You don't have to be signed by a label and yes. fight your entire career to get your royalties. You still see fights with people like Taylor Swift 
right. imagine the smaller artists imagine you being able to put out your music your album as an nft and people get percent and you get percentage of the royalties as they buy it and it's directly to you it's not controlled by sony it's not controlled by anyone and i know that this is terrifying for these companies because if you have people like taylor swift suffering from that imagine the younger ones and this means that it's going to remove so many barriers to entry and it's going to allow the talented people the people that love the music industry for example to actually shine they won't have to do music as a side hustle with their corporate job i think there's just so many benefits for everyone but i'm just interested to see how it takes form because right now in its current form i don't buy it to be honest uh, right in now, its current form it's not there yet yeah yeah there's a lot of bullshit like 100%. You know, right? when you're looking at like the metaverse and stuff like that it's a lot of bullshit right like i'm talking about like you know all that stuff about like the ar and vr like that is real use cases you know like even as you're mentioning with artists uh with artists and stuff they don't need to go through agencies and stuff like that anymore or, or record labels right they can do these things themselves uh that is huge um but right now in its it, we're we're at its infancy stage so yes it is bullshit but you have to remember that it's it's at the start we're at the start we we have to expect it to be this way like the metaverse it's like some sort of sims game on your computer right like i that's why i'm never on it i i could not care less about it because it's it's just like i'm i'm looking at the stuff that they're adding to it that's what i'm looking at i'm looking at what partnerships there are or what possibilities there are but like getting on there and running around with a little cartoon character is just not my thing right? I love, like there's no it's minecraft thing. it's just a glorified yeah. minecraft yeah exactly that's essentially what it is but we have to think about what it's going to be in the future uh it's exactly not what it is right now um but like even like it it, bring, it does bring a lot of benefits like what you've mentioned what I've mentioned like it brings a lot of benefits uh, but like I kind of want to talk about like the the uh, like the future aspects on like mental health and what that's going to do for humankind even not just mentally but physically as well like what it's going to do to people um, I mean we're talking about things like the metaverse right so imagine like uh, you know the the old movie Avatar like the Avatar two is supposed to come out this year I think. Uh, the one that took like 14 years to make uh, yeah. with, the, with the blue uh, like alien, you know, thingies on there. Um, but yeah, so like they go into like a, if you look at it, it's like they, they plug themselves in and they go into like a virtual world. Right. Um, and they, and they meet all these like virtual beings. Right. Uh, so imagine like if the metaverse becomes like that in the future, right. Or even, even before then, let's talk about before then when people are just sitting on their computers they're able to play video games the entire day to earn money, right? And then for conferences, they slip on their AR glasses or join the metaverse. For a meeting, they join the metaverse to do literally anything other than eat, shit, or piss, or sleep. They have to join the metaverse. <laughs> and, uh, and everything else, like, like who's going to want to, like, if, like uh, we, we got to be realistic here, right? So... Who, if you're, um, if you're a dude that's unfortunate in life, let's say you're working as a uh, like a roadside garbage cleaner, um, you're barely being paid anything, you don't have a proper place to like, uh, yeah, I mean, you don't have many friends, uh, you can't afford to go to like nice places or something, and then this guy, let's say, uh, joins the metaverse quite early on somehow, right? He goes to an internet cafe, he's joining like the metaverse or makes his character on there gets gifted an nft or buys an nft for like a dollar and then this nft becomes worth like a crazy amount dude becomes super rich in the metaverse who's gonna want to live who like if you're an unfortunate person in this real world who's going to want to live that life when they can hop online plug in their ar glasses or vr glasses right and 
live a life as if they're like a millionaire, you know, like they can sit there, they can have nice ass artwork, NFTs, a big mansion in the metaverse, right? And that's the thing, people are going to judge you like people judge us now, based on our physical things that we have and the way we look, people are going to judge us on the metaverse the exact same way, right? What you have, right? What what NFTs do you have? What what land do you have? What cars do you have? What I don't know what do you have? And who's going to want to live their regular lives if their real life is absolute hell and their online virtual life is amazing, right? Exactly. With that comes a lot of mental and health, uh, mental health issues and physical health issues. When you have people just sitting down constantly, right, not doing anything, that brings in a lot of physical issues. And also, there's a lot of like, um, you know, people aren't able to socialize in person anymore. Uh, people are just constantly going to be on the on the on the metaverse or virtual realm, right? Um, I mean, not like this video, but imagine like they're just constantly on there, right? This video where like we're in, we hop off, right? Okay, so it's virtual to an extent, but we hop off at some point. Imagine constantly being in there, right? What does that do to a person uh, when you're living two or three? It's going to be very interesting to see. Realities. And when you think about it too, it's how it's going to, if it does happen in the way that, you know, these tech models imagine it to be where you spend most of your day on it. Imagine how it's going to affect the adaptation of the next generations too. Like you have the current generations. Mm-hmm. They're glued to their iPads. Exactly. Glued exactly. from the second they wake up just so they can stop crying or bothering people. They're right. given an it's iPad. Like an iPad yeah. Imagine how it's going to be then. And you always think like, oh, like oh, this is just the way they're brought up or they're raised. They don't know the ma- manners or whatever because, you know, the, all of the stuff they see online. And, you know, so th- that is the bad side. But then also on the good side, these kids at a very, very young age know how to handle technology that people times 15 their age don't know how to use. Right. And that gives them a huge disadvantage when they're trying to get a job. Because now when you're old, right, and you're in retirement, it's hard for you to get a job because right, you don't exactly. know these technologies. Right. But when you're given the option of having these technologies at a, such a young age, it's going to help you then. And at the same time, you consume so much information that regardless of how good or bad it is, it's going to get your mind going. Mm. Like, for example, these people, there are young, younger gener- people that are, like, I'm 21. There are people that are younger than me right. that have, you know, were raised by their iPads and their tablets, right? And their Galaxy tablets before iPads were cool. yeah. yeah that know a lot more stuff than I do in terms of general info and things that maybe they don't understand the value for now, but maybe they will as they get on with their life. And they are at at a more advantageous position than I am. So I am just genuinely so interested to see how this will play out. Because don't get me wrong, there's a terrible side to it and there's a very positive side to it. 100%. How it will be managed, how, because it's going to affect everything from, we just covered how startups can use this. If you're using, if you're a a startup that sells clothing, Mm -hmm. and if there will even be a need for like, you know, you to sell more clothes, like will people no longer look to buy Gucci in the real world because they can buy it there because they don't need to flaunt their wealth in the real world. And yeah, or they can just wear a normal black t-shirt outside. And yeah, But then exactly. when they go online, they rock on it's their like, yeah, amazing oh, yeah. stuff <laughs> to how it's going to change the style of parenting and the adaptation of the next generation. So there's just so much potential to it. And it's nice. just so nice because I genuinely, like whenever I talk about it, I get this fire within me and I always... Because I, I consumed so many content from the people that started social media. 
started the whole trend of social communication. And when I read their thoughts then, I feel like I'm in their position now. I feel like this is how Gary Vee was thinking when he wrote his book in 2008 about how Twitter and Instagram and selling online is going to be the next big thing. How Bezos felt when uh, people were making fun of him for selling online. No one wants to buy anything online. People want to go to their local bookstore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Do they anymore? When was the last time yeah. anyone went to Lotterboard? GameStop. What happened to GameStop? It's gone. Dead, man. So not only is the game do you buy it online, but maybe you are going to be in it online as well. Yeah. <laughs> and there's yeah. just an, an infinite scope. And I think also two two other things is that, you know, um, uh, something, that, what's it called? It's li- it slipped my mind, but I, I, I hope to find it. But the second thing is... Um, you know, you're talking about the 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 VR headsets, the the technology, and all of that, right. and AR, and a lot of people think it's not, you know, it's not feasible, or you know, maybe that's gonna take right. so long. Mind you, that there are AR teams that right. built an augmented reality version of Expo 2020, yeah. and I'm not sure if like if the people that have been to Expo, but it's huge. And if you go to the AR version of it on their website, uh-huh. it is almost as good. There are special instructions for it. So you have applications of people that, you know, maybe due to travel restrictions can't come here to Dubai, Uh but they get to see it there. So think of how that's going to play for, you know, modes of tourism. And also the VR, people can think that the technology is not ready. Zuckerberg in 2013, I think he acquired Oculus VR. And since then, they have been, so that's eight years in the hands of Mark Zuckerberg and all of the geniuses that worked with him that built his company. Right. That is by far one of the the biggest and most accomplished and influential companies. Even though they have a a, a terrible side <laughs> as well, let's not let's not ignore that and think that they're a perfect corporation and they're all geniuses that we should worship. Right. Not at all, right? right? <laughs> but even so, they've been working on this for eight years and literally sculpting it to fit this metaverse. He said it himself. So just imagine eight years of concentrating on something. Right. Now put that into the hands of infinite resources and infinite possibilities. It's, it's going to be crazy, man. It's it's right. genuinely going to be like this lights. This lights like I get so many light bulbs yeah, every yeah, time I, I think of you. this from just you. the amount of things that can happen. I'm, and I'm it's just you know, uh, yeah. And honestly, like I do understand the perspective of people that think like, oh, what are you talking about, whatever. And you know, I I don't want to pressure anyone into like you know getting into it buy an NFT like you know how the guy that made the video in 2012 buy one dollar yeah, yeah, of Bitcoin yeah. I beg you and that was yeah, the title yeah. of the video. Oh, uh, <laughs> it's yeah, not even it's that. Like, it's just a uh, Jeremiah. Um, what's his name? Uh, I'm not sure of his name, but I just saw the thumbnail as a meme uh, the the last last week or something. He was the title was "Please buy one dollar of Bitcoin." I bet you something oh, like that, yeah, like yeah. not bitch. in the exact words. Yeah, so, <laughs> so right it's here, it's right? not just that, but it's like just understand. That, yes, exactly yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah. Exactly that one. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah. it's not just like. You know, uh, go and jump into it. Drop everything that you're doing. Just right. keep an open mind. Yeah. Learn about it and take the time to think of, you know, in your current industry, in your current field of study, and whatever it is that you do, right. how can this be used? And who knows? Maybe you can be the pioneer for that. If a parent is listening right now, they can right. write a book on how to raise your children under these conditions 
and these developments and they can be a bestseller and next thing you know people mothers all around and fathers will be reading up their blogs however format blogs will be right. in then right. you know there can be so many things right. so just keep an open mind to it and 100%. who knows it's gonna be a very interesting ride and i'm glad that we're privileged enough to be at the start of it and are alive to witness it honestly See, I, I got to agree with you. I mean, um, like, I definitely agree with just keep an open mind, you know. Um, the, it, and I, look, I'm going to be straightforward here. <laughs> like, what's the point? Like, you can see the world moving towards something. Why are you standing against it, bro? Like, you can sit there and, and argue and argue and argue, and you're going to stay stuck in the same place that you always are in. You're going to stuck in the, you're going to be stuck in that nine to five job, right? You can sit there arguing, but why, why do that? Why not just learn about it? Just go with it, go with the flow. You know, the world's moving that way. Just go with it. Take advantage of it. You know about this stuff before a lot of other people just take advantage of it. Right. And, um, uh, going back to like Zuckerberg and stuff, um, dude i'm like the exact same so like ever since i was a kid this is the stuff that i've been the most into so ever since i was a kid it was always reading about zuckerberg reading about bezos reading about like and this was like this was my life you know like um so these are the people that actually inspire me and people be like oh yeah but there are dark sides to it and there are dark sides to it i 100 percent agree but these people are inspirational because they're such people don't realize what huge game changers they are like how much they've actually affected us like think about like everything we do today uh of course there are negative aspects and there are positive aspects but how much has it affected us so these people are game changers and man ever since i was young i was soaking up this information from these guys like these people inspired me right um these ladies and gents have absolutely inspired me um and i try to learn as much from them as possible like even looking at um uh like uh, uh, da vinci the guy you mentioned um i actually just when i showed you the picture i pulled up his his whatsapp because i was talking to him uh a while back when he came to uh uh when he came to dubai um and yeah and we were supposed to meet up again uh, i haven't yet i've been super busy but uh maybe at one point i will but yeah the guy was telling everyone like you know um right at the start uh, just put a dollar into it just put a dollar you know like even that one dollar back then would have been worth so much now and people don't realize it uh they think they need to like throw their life savings and in, savings into it you don't man you don't like take a tiny chance take a tiny risk you're not you're, you're not risking much you're not doing anything you're not throwing your life away right just take a chance on it um and and like going exactly. back to uh zuck like zuckerberg dude the guy is crazy okay um this like you know when he bought Oculus? Okay, like they got into the VR market and that's huge. And Oculus is, is like the biggest player in VR at the moment. But the stuff they are working on is nuts, dude. Like Meta, well, not Facebook anymore, right? Meta and their Metaverse. Um, so they're working on a Metaverse. And, and the reason they're working on it is because they realize whoever controls this stuff, whoever actually um, manages to have the largest Metaverse, is going to hold so much influence and so much power and is going to be able to grow it so fast so he wants to get in there before anyone else uh and the stuff that they're building is insane have you seen the gloves yeah 
Yeah, the gloves were the gloves were. Uh, so you it, can feel what's actually in there, right? Exactly, yeah. you can feel like the gloves connect to your hands, and you're able to feel something that is in your digital world, but is not in your physical world. So you could be sitting in a chair in your physical world, right, with nothing around you, no computer, no table, but in your virtual world, you have a table and a computer and everything in front of you, and you can literally move things around. You can sit there typing in the air, and you have, you're typing on your virtual computer, right, but there's nothing in front of you in real life. Like, I mean, you'd look stupid as shit if someone looked at you in real life. But like, <laughs> but like, that's insane, right? Like, you can literally like pick up a table in the virtual world and move it around. You can inter- I can interact with you in the virtual world. Like, I can shake your hand. You know, like you can give people a hug. Like, but when you start, like, this is the stuff that is like this. This is what I mean by groundbreaking, right? I'm not talking about like all the metaverse crap going on right now with NFTs. This is like baby shit, right? This is like there's a lot of scams. There's a lot of bullshit. You're looking at 10, 20 years down the line, not even that far, not even 20 years, 10 years down the line. Dude, things are going to be insane. They're going to be huge. Like, we're going to be able to be interacting with each other in a virtual world, seeing each other in a virtual world. And there's going to be, you can make real money in a virtual world, right? You literally do not need to do anything else other than, like, you can socialize with people from anywhere and do anything you want. Which once again has good and bad aspects to it, but it just blows my mind. It's crazy. Like no one, I don't think anyone expected technology to move as fast as it has, right? Like definitely twenty years back, everyone was like, "Whoa!" Like internet, you know? Like twenty twenty something years back, people like, "Whoa!" Internet, like Microsoft Windows XP came out, they were like, "Whoa! What? What is this?" You know? And then like now, like look exactly like we're looking at like Instagram, like what is this piece of shit, right? And like we're like you know, imagine things like the metaverse. Like things like that are normal for us, right? And it's like soon enough when you, you know when you you know when you just join a job or a company, they give you a laptop. Who knows? They could be giving you a VR headset instead and a pair of gloves, exactly. and there you can go and type your stuff, join meeting rooms and whatnot. No, they you because you, you, you know collected exactly to you. They'll send it to you. Yeah. I'll see a hologram of my boss in front of me or like the guy working with me in front of me. And like you just sit there and you look at each other in the digital world and you're just sitting there typing. You know, like. And it's, uh, it's probably going to decrease workplace violence too, right? <laughs> <laughs> you can't really like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Exactly. Like just. <laughs> it didn't happen though. There's there's no lawsuit, yeah, and you know I, I really liked also what you were saying. <laughs> so you feel yeah when yeah, someone you punches, you, punches you, <laughs> <laughs> you know it's also like exactly what you're saying. There's no need to just stand up and radically oppose it. Just go with it. Like I'm reading this book about stoicism, the mm. the the 366 days of it. So each day oh, you yeah, read, yeah, yeah. and you know. So the, the the other day it was talking about how the only thing you truly control is your thoughts and the you have to accept that the world is spinning mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and whether that is the emotion is good or bad it's spinning and you are forcibly spinning with it right that's it right so you are to make the decision about how you're going to react to this your will uh, you know, y- your view of it, it's all up to you. But just, just don't automatically block yourself from opportunity. Like, you know, you don't have to be a trader. You don't have to buy f- a 5 million NFTs. Just try to grasp it and see, who knows, maybe you end up liking it. And I also want to wanna kind of touch on what you were saying with the, and I also mentioned this earlier, but like Zuckerberg and all these people, like they have their flaws and they 
did some incredibly shady stuff. And I think no matter who the person is, we should never idolize a person or like, you know, worship them. What, how I see it is, and this is something that Jordan P, uh, B. Peterson said in one of his podcasts about, you know, the education system, because he was talking right. about professors and, uh, you know, how that there's this weird field of study where you're looking right. at someone's work. And then instead of focusing on his work, for example, like Homer, you would look at, you know, how was his behavior towards X, Y, Z, or how was, okay. why do you care about like, how is it just look at yeah, what, yeah. what work did he produce? How can that be valuable to you? You know, exactly. use it for your own benefit yeah, why, and why for the benefit of your company, for why your do you company, just go with it. Why do I care you know, there's, there's a law to, exactly. There's a law to call him out. Yeah. There's, there are regulations. You're not the judge. You're not the jury. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you feel that there's something worthy of complaint, complain to the proper and relevant uh, people or boards. Right. But then try to take the learnings and see how you can use them for you. Like, be selfish. Right. <laughs> you know, 100%. be individualistic in that sense. Yeah. 100%. No, I agree. I mean, uh, like, you know, what, what does Zuckerberg, for example, what does his personality have to do with me? Nothing. Like nothing. I don't like. I don't care, dude. I'm not dating the guy, right? Like, I'm like, why the why the hell do I care? <laughs> He's not my friend. Yeah, yeah I don't spend know, like, time with him. There's yeah. valuable info there. I can see what they're doing. I can see how they've done it. I'll take that info. You know, nothing else matters. I want to build myself up. It's my. I'm looking to 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 benefit my life and the people around me. I don't care about what that guy is doing, right? Like, he, you know, like I don't care about his personality. He, he did something; it's great. I'm gonna like, you know, look at it and gain info from it, you know. And and to put it in the context of uh, of the of the world thing that you, you know where the world is spinning, uh, and regardless of what you like, whatever you want, um, that that's gonna keep happening, right? Um, so like it, it, the people like I don't understand people that spend every day being negative or every day complaining and every day just crapping on other people like there are people that just sit online and just crap on other people 24/7 like dude like is that like is that worth your time like time is the one thing it's the one thing like people say you can never get your money back after you spend it that is bullshit you can make your money back right time is the one thing that you will never get back so is it worth your time sitting there and and just shitting on other people shitting on their ideas if your friend comes up with something even if it's something stupid support it man support it like it's not worth it like fighting against or arguing against it, especially if it's something as solid as like you know like moving into give a constructive technology. criticism yeah don't just say what the fuck is this that you're doing man or yeah exactly. and also i think as the, as the receiver of i think as the receiver of this negativity uh, I, i'm reading gary v's book right now at 12 and a half and honestly it's such an incredible read because i am all for etu you know how to use emotional intelligence in so many things and he talks about how you know the, the the most direct response or the thing that will come to your head is like fuck you you right. know, but right. then he's like, you know, approach it from an empathetic point of view. Like you are, he think of that person. There's someone that took time out of right. their life, took their valuable time to shit on someone else. Right. So surely that they're in a bad place. Maybe they, maybe like go and talk to them. Like Gary V. Right. I remember in the early days before, you know, like he had, he still replies to his own stuff. Mm-hmm. But back in the day, when people would talk to him, like, oh, it's easier said than done. He would genuinely reply with a considerate comment on, exactly. yes, it absolutely is. Exactly. I'm sorry you feel this way, but if you do X, Y, Z, then you can definitely approach it. And you know, exactly. I, I'm sure that. And not only in this episode, but in other episodes and in a lot of the conversations that I have, a lot of people get the impression that, you know, all the stuff you read in books or the stuff you talk about is like, it's, it's a perfect scenario. 
right? But I think people are getting exactly like, oh, this is real life. You know, once you grow up, you'll understand. Sure. And I understand that I haven't grown up yet to get my own responsibilities and be in the same position as you. But you also need to understand that if what these books and what these people are teaching you, what these motivational quotes are telling you to do, if that's 100% and you think that that 100% only exists in, you know, some you know, unrealistic world. Well, okay. How about you at least be aware of it, have it in the back of your head and work towards 20%, 30% of achieving that 40, 50, 60, blah, blah, blah. And instead, and it's whatever it is, even if it's 0.0001, it's better than zero. And in many cases, if you don't adopt them, you're going in the negative, not in the positive, not even on zero. So you're making yourself worse off. Like as someone that said, you know, which now when I think about everything is like benefit, cost, utility, blah, blah. Mm. A lot of people don't realize that the things that they do, they actually make them all so much worse off. And especially with your mindset, and it drips you from opportunities without even noticing. So just, you know, keep an open mind and just don't try to put people down. I agree. You know, if you have something to say, say it in a nice way. Because, you know, the world spins. One day you're going to be coming up with something. And who knows, you might get the same negative stuff. And maybe you won't deal with it quite as well. Maybe it will be the end of your work. <laughs> it absolutely is and it works yeah, in, in wonderful ways definitely like positivity is everything your your mentality is everything um you sit there being it's the only thing you own your mind yeah. is the only thing you own yeah yeah and and honestly like it's so true the only thing that's stopping you is you and that is so true like no matter how many times people hear it it is so 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 true um you know, like, and I hate the fact that you know people hear this, and the first thing they come up with is, "Oh, this is so cringy." Just yeah. trust me, try yeah. it. Yeah. When I, you're I, in 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 this position, think of why you're saying that. When you're in when you're in a position where you face an obstacle, like, think of what like uh, th- there is this thing that I heard is like on a podcast. Write down everything that is against you right now, everything that is making you worried or putting you in a bad position. See how much of that you can control, how much you can't, and actually fix the stuff you can control. Oh, I bet a lot of people will not have many things to put. With never, because a lot of people are just happy with the sympathy that like, oh, you're in a tough position. Yeah, I feel bad for you, but that's only like fifteen seconds. Right. 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 No, I mean, like one thing I want to come back to is comfort, but like the the um, you know, the only like. Dude, if you work on yourself, I'm not saying you become like Zuckerberg straight away, right? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that to anyone. But uh, why is everything like anything positive considered cringy? Like if if you're if you're if you're in a positive mindset, if you're working on yourself or working on something, even if it doesn't work out, right? You've still moved forward because you've still learned from that experience. So you're still moving forward. Whereas the, if you're just gonna sit there and say I can't do it or no no this guy can't do it or oh it's so cringy or whatever and shit on it, right? Then you're not moving forward at all. You're either stuck in the same place or you're going backwards, right? And it's something I've noticed is that. Anytime there's something good, anytime there's something meaningful or positive, people like to to call it cringe or people like to say that, oh, like, you know, like, oh, like, be realistic or like, and, you know, I used to be one of those people. I used to always say, come on, be realistic, right? Like, dude, like, just, just aim for high up and just, like, put it in your head that you can get there. You know, like, the thing that you, people constantly say to themselves why me like i don't deserve this why me 
um, you know, the chances of it are nothing. I should be realistic. Or other people tell them this. Like other people tell you this, right? Be realistic. And like that is such a downer because like, dude, it is possible. We know it's possible. We see that it's possible. So if it is possible, why not you? right? If it is possible, why can it not happen to you? Why are you not in that position to do that, right? You are the only thing standing in the way of that. Nothing else is, right? And and going back to comfort, one of the things I love, like I always have these, like I always read these motivational posts and articles and books and, and read these, um, not read these, watch these uh, motivational videos and speeches. And a lot of them, and I, I so uh, agree with this, is that when you are comfortable, when you are satisfied, that is when you kill off your uh, innovation. That is when you kill off your strive to become better, right? So something I think it was Steve Harvey said in one of his speeches, and he was like, become comfortable in being uncomfortable because when you are uncomfortable you are learning you are experiencing something you are trying to do something but when you are just comfortable you will not move out of that comfort zone right so you are killing your own growth definitely i mean i i think i don't think honestly there's a there's a better way to close an episode on like this like I, I, I usually say this, and it's always true and straight from the heart that you know this was one of the most fun and like episodes that I've enjoyed. But I'm gonna, I'm honestly, this is the best episode that I think I've ever done for the simple reason that I genuinely, I genuinely loved the conversation. It was great to you know speak to someone that shares the same view, especially with what we were talking about at the end. It always, regardless of how much you hold up that view, it's you sometimes get lost of it. And like maybe because not everyone thinks that way. I'm being unrealistic, but it's like to to find like like minded people to know that okay, I'm not I'm not the only one, right? right. And right. I genuinely like this episode is like almost double the length of like the longest episode that I had before. And I genuinely could not give a shit yeah, for the simple true. reason that not a single second of this episode did not have value. Because uh, I personally, I took down notes. Like uh, only thing you can say right now because I'm showing <laughs> no, my notebook up. But I was sitting time. taking notes. Exactly. And uh, when I edit this, I have every note open right now. And I mean, no, I'm going to be taking down so many notes from what we said. Right. And also, I think the biggest thing of it is in 10 years, when we look back at this episode, it's going to be amazing to see how right, how wrong. Uh, I mean, what position we'll be, we'll be in, will be even alive at the time. It's just going to be incredible to look back at it. I think this is definitely going to be like the episode that defines that time period for me. So I genuinely, genuinely thank you so much, Terry. Like, thank you so much for being here, man. Thank you so much for being here and for you know making this episode as incredible as it was and for sharing your information and yeah man thank you so no, much i enjoyed it so much thank you for having me on here um no honestly it was great like you said we've been talking about stuff the entire time it's been amazing i it, it's it's literally it's you know time flies time flies and uh so use that time wisely right uh but yeah thank you for having me on <laughs> 100%. Here, I appreciate of course man it's a pleasure once again, thank you for tuning in and I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at the Ali or follow the podcast so you can know when the next episode is out.